Hello and welcome back to the Super Show podcast. I am your host this week, Alex Jones, and as always, I am joined by the absolute legends, Jamie and Chris. Hello, fellas. Oh, it's good to be here, Jonesy. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you for hosting, buddy. So professional. Well, Thank you for letting me host. You know, sometimes uh, <laughs> it's nice to take the hot seat and to uh, and to run run the show, as it were. Um, we are a gaming podcast, fellas, aren't we? Despite the uh, epic talks about cheesecake that we had um, last week. Um, yeah. Quickly to say that we are available not just on YouTube in this lovely video format of which some people are watching right now. We're also available on podcasting platforms. I'm talking Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and I cannot think of any other places where you can listen to podcasts. <laughs> um, so, well, probably anywhere they can get podcasts that we, we should be on there. And if we aren't, just let us know in the comments down below and we'll try and... Uh, fix that stitcher is that one Have yeah i, I that think up? we are on stitcher yes nailed it uh we're also though available almost like old school on a form of radio not traditional radio mm. digital radio um but we're on uh, paisleyradio.com every thursday at 10 p.m repeated the week after on mondays at 10 p.m so if you would like an authentic 1990s experience <laughs> maybe um, tune into paisleyradio.com and you can have and listen to us there um, nice. It's pretty yeah. awesome. But I think it's time we sort of jumped into a little bit of a new story. Um, oh, no, I'm going to do the epic professional thing. Chris does every week, and mm. I'm going to give you a little tease for what we're going to talk about later. You've got to chew them up. You gotta, listen, Jonesy, you've got to get them wet before you stick it in. All right? That, that's what people keep telling me. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm about to lube them up right now. <laughs> um, we're talking about wet willies, right? Just... <laughs> Wet willies, indeed. Okay. You no, not, no, no, not those kind of wet willies. Like, I mean, I was, I, was, I was about to say a schoolyard wet willy, but then that also just sounds weird. <laughs> I, no, that I, sounds even I worse. To, yeah, because Jamie went to public school, so a school boy, a schoolyard wet willy is probably absolutely. Well, you always have to put me on blast. By the way, <laughs> yes, I did, but we did he much, much boarder. worse than wet willies. So yeah, we <laughs> fucked each other all the time. <laughs> all the time. Jesus. Um, <laughs> Jonesy, you honestly telling me that you didn't like commemorate the end of a good old rugby match by drinking the piss of another man? I can safely say we did not. Uh, um, you're not living life. We're outside of the first thirty seconds, so I don't have to get stressed out when I do. The there we go. Says, um, uh, is there any profanity or you know grim stuff in the first thirty seconds? And I often have to go, yeah, pr- maybe, so. yeah. When did Chris first say, start talking about dicks? Okay, no, we're all right. Uh, but anyway, okay, in the show coming up, we'll be talking a little bit about uh, some problems at a PlayStation, the Mass Effect Legendary Edition uh, Oxenfree 2, which um, I know Chris was super psyched <laughs> to see the trailer for. And we might get onto some other things as well. But for now... <laughs> I love that. Can't promise. Yeah. Can't promise it. Depend- depends uh, on the time. Let's... <laughs> A little catch-up or a little reminder. Uh, what do you call it? Like um, some some extra info about something we talked about last week, mm. which is the Outriders patch uh, that they put out in order to correct a whole bunch of issues um, that Outriders was having upon launch. In case you don't remember, um, issues they were having were around servers and cross-play with PC <clears throat> and console and the fact that a lot of people were simply not able to play the game in the first week that launched, which sucks. Because when you buy a game, especially when you pre-order it like me, one of the things you plan to do <laughs> is to play it. <laughs> and if you can't, it's not best. Well, shit, um, son. Just out of luck then. Shit indeed. But uh, there have been a whole bunch of bugs fixed. Um, there was a big patch released. It sorted out a whole bunch of stuff. One of the things it didn't fix was a gear wipe bug. 
um, which is pretty brutal because you had people that were sort of max leveling characters, getting, you know, grinding for a whole load of gear, loads of legendary stuff, and were effectively signing back into their accounts and finding out that their characters were naked and had nothing and had lost absolutely everything that they'd sort of ground for. What's yeah. the past? Gr- gr- grinded. Grinded. Ground, grind, grind, grinded. Grinded. Mm. Grind, grinded. Grinded. But grinder, all, yeah. Grinder, yeah, the grinded. Um, but they're kind of like... Hmm, that's kind of the purpose of these games, right? It's all about fucking killing shit so you can get better loot. So, so you, that you, is you, a cycle. The, well, the, the bug is just getting rid of the... Like, no, the, the, the cycle doesn't involve losing things that you've made progress towards. Like, no, but if, this is what I'm saying. If li- life is about the accumulation of wealth, but it doesn't mean that you're incentivized by losing all of your money for no reason at all halfway through no, your life. No, no, no. I think Chris was saying the point of it is to get that stuff, so losing it is like... Yeah. It, oh, it's right. what, what I'm saying case, is it's like the I agree best, with Chris. It's, it's the worst... Yeah, thanks. <laughs> what I'm saying is it's the worst possible bug you could get for a type of game like that. Like, yes, yeah. It's, yeah, it's yeah dire. I mean, okay, is. the worst possible is the game just flat out doesn't work. But whatever, you know, like... Yeah. Come on. But um, so we had a whole bunch of people that were saying even after the patch went live that they were still having this problem that they were logging in and and there was a few instances of people saying they'd put sort of like fifty odd hours into a character and they'd lost everything. Um, but yeah, which is which is a, a terrible state of affairs to be in. There is a small part of me that um is kind of like okay, at least you can play it and it's not the worst thing ever. And you know you've 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 gone in there you've you've stuck with it, but. But it is pretty bad. No, you know, it is, it is a terrible bug. It's a terrible thing to sort of get to. I, I don't know, Jones, place don't, in a game, and to, don't you think if you've spent like let's say, oh, I don't know, call it fifty plus hours on a character, just kind of maxing him up, and this happens to you, and if there's no word of like there's a possibility you can get your ship back, wouldn't you just be like, fuck this game, I'm done, I'm out, move on to the next thing. I think you probably would, yeah. Like, yeah. there's almost a thing of you can you can stick with something and you can keep plugging away with it if you see uh, that you're getting something for your efforts. Yeah. So I think if you then take everything away and you start back at stage one again, there is definitely a sense of I can't be bothered. Yeah, mm. totally. Like, imagine you were running a marathon and you every mile post you ran past, you're like, I'm nearly there. I've nearly finished the marathon. <laughs> you got to like mile twenty. Someone stuck you in a car, drove you all the way back to the start line, <laughs> pushed you out and went, go on yeah. and run the marathon. Yeah. Totally. Like, I'm out. And in some respects, it's even got a, like an even deeper wrinkle, which is the fact that obviously the other element with loot games and the fact that they're randomized are roles, right? Like sometimes you're not just getting a certain weapon drop, but you're also getting a certain type of a certain weapon drop in terms of yeah, right. variable stats and so on and so forth. So even the marathon analogy, that's like... Uh, it's like another. I I don't even know how you walk yeah, it's like that analogy you back to at make the start with different shoes. Yeah, <laughs> but, or putting you back at the start and like spinning you around so you're dizzy, so you'll start running again, but you don't even know if you're running the same way this time. <laughs> you don't even know if you're going to get to the same place or make the same or, amount of progress. Or they drop you out of the car and they run over your legs as they drive away. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that this is, so it's even worse. Yeah. When you have to start. And then as the they're driving time. away, the, the the driver sticks his head out of the window and goes. Alex Jones senses regards. <laughs> Why me? I'm not doing it. The other one. The other Alex um, Jones. I actually, know what? I finally, I tra- changed my Instagram handle recently because mm-hmm. it was some stupid, annoying old email that I had and I changed it. I wanted to just change it to Alex Jones. Of course I couldn't do that because of the other Alex Jones. Yeah. So I tried to change it to the other Alex Jones. Couldn't do that. <laughs> so then I tried to change it to Alex Jones, not that one, the other one. And that was also already taken. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So 
It's it's yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good idea, but I can see how it's a common enough that name that I get. I'm guessing that joke gets played out quite quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're absolutely right. So there are a couple of little fixes that um, have come out of. I guess it's people can fly that's come out of instead of Square Enix. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know who's running the account. Well, Square Enix is just the publisher, right? People, uh, yeah, people yes, for sure. Yes, they are. Um, so I want to see what you guys think to some of these um, answers to the problems that uh, that people have been having. So one of the things that they've suggested they're going to do uh, for everyone who played um, the game between 31st of March and the 11th of April, they're actually going to put out an appreciation package. So it's kind of to say, we know we screwed up. Um, and to say sorry, we're going to give you um, some in-game loot to say okay. so. I guess to say sorry, it's an appreciation package, but it should be called an apology package. Uh, you'll get <laughs> yeah, a we fucked up package. <laughs> exactly, yeah. You'll get a level appropriate legendary weapon, a level appropriate amount of titanium, and this is my favourite, an emote called frustration, which is um, they put out unironically. It just so happens that it's got a very apt name. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing as well is that they've said is they are working on um, a patch, obviously, to fix the gear wipe issue. And they've said that they will be able to use backend analytics in order to um, fi- uh, sort of assess who has had this bug and okay. to roll back to give you your gear back. So okay, but, on those. But, but what happens if your gear got wiped? You're like, okay, well, fuck this. I'm frustrated. I'm going to jump straight back in and spend another 75 hours are they going to wipe um, that just to I restore think, you think, to the one you were before? Or I, I don't know if I'm making this up, but I think it's cumulative. Like you get given your old stuff on top of your new stuff. Oh, giving it back. Okay. Well, yeah. that's fair. It's almost like that's the only thing that you could possibly like. Okay. I mean, limitations aside of like, are they actually able to do it? But of all the things that you could do, that's like, that's the minimum you could do, right? Like this game is about accumulating yeah. gear. You have to give people their gear back if you can. And I guess the appreciation package is good, but that just kind of, not that there's anything wrong with it. It's good that they're doing it. And I think it's it's a nice thing for the players. But that does seem to me to be a thing of saying like, hey, don't abandon the game. At least log in and see what you're getting. Do you, do you know what I mean? It's like sure. a way of, because like what I said is if it happened to me, I'd probably put my hands up and say, fuck this game and walk away. But this is something to say, hey, don't walk away. Maybe come back. And then make your mind up, you know? There is an odd thing, though, because isn't that... When you say, screw it, I'm, I'm done with this game, there's almost like a psychological element to that that I find it quite hard to roll, to sort of roll back from. Because if in my head I've said, screw this game, and then they said, well, hold on, we'll give you all your gear back and we'll give you the appreciation package, there's a part of me that might say, do you know what? I'm already considering playing this other game instead. I don't want to play your game Chosie, anymore. you're so right. I mean, it's, it's happened to me in Cyberpunk. Still sitting there on my desktop, unopened, since... Uh, I don't know, since the first week yeah, it came out. Yeah, I was going to say, December. Yeah. Crazy. And it's like, hey, all these patches are out and they fixed it. They've just released another hot fix because apparently cops were spawning on the roof behind you, yeah. sniping your ass. Like, okay, fine. It, it, it's almost like it makes you lose interest entirely. So I do uh, feel yeah. bad for People Can Fly and, you know, but then Square Enix as well. C- Cyberpunk's an interesting comparison, though, because I wonder if players end up getting split into the same two groups in both cases here, both Cyberpunk and Outriders. Players who try and stick with the game long enough to experience that problem or that frustration firsthand, and that's yeah. what makes them fall off. Or players who have the restraint to take themselves away from the game while it has the problems in the knowledge that they will come back to it eventually because they haven't got that animosity there. 
Like I'm someone uh, yeah, that but, but, saw uh, this. Uh, <clears throat> like, I, I've, I'm saying, I, in, though. Uh, but so, it depends how like how deep you were in. Like Jonesy, you uh, you probably only played what like maybe less than five hours of the retail release of Outriders. So you're looking at this and probably thinking, probably, yeah. oh, okay, like actually maybe there is no real rush or pressure to get back in. It might actually be worth letting this situation play out. Jonesy could go back to that game next week and not harbour any ill will towards it, you know? So I guess it depends yeah. what players are doing. Someone yeah. else, though, might say, uh, like a coronavirus situation, ah, I'll probably be fine, plays that extra 100 <laughs> hours, then gets hit with a bug, and then they're fuming, and then they never play again. Yeah, yeah, I, I get what you say. I was quite lucky, like you say, Jamie, in that I played for probably about four or five hours and then um, just didn't have time to play, didn't have time to jump in. Also yeah. didn't have, because um, not many people I know are playing at the moment anyway, so I, there was nothing to say let's hop in immediately. Um, but actually, I'm looking like I might come out the back of this with <laughs> the appreciation package yeah. and fresh to it, all the fixes done. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I did have one instance of the server not letting me play, uh, but then that but that was it. So I've, I've been very lucky. But there's yeah, there's a slew of people that have not been so lucky and this definitely sucks for them. So hopefully it gets all sorted out soon. Jamie, have, enjoy you, that game. have you picked it up yet? No. I, I Much like you guys, I, I've had a very busy week. So there's been some gaming, but I, I've had to sort of yeah, pick and choose where I've spent my time, and Outriders hasn't popped up yet. Yeah, fair. I'm waiting for like a big. Do you know what? I'm waiting to get fired. I think I think it's at that stage. <laughs> I'm, I'm just waiting to get the email where it's like, "Hey, you're fucking fired," and then I'll be like, "Perfect, I'm going to buy Outriders and not talk to anyone for the next week." <laughs> Love it. I'm gonna. Yeah, at least that's like a silver lining. That's a great way to look at it. Yeah. If I get fired, then I'm going to have a great time playing. Yeah, exactly. If you give yourself things to look forward to, even in those worst case scenarios then life is just a lot more happy. It's a, it's a more upbeat, it's a more positive place to be, you know? Maybe totally. that's when people go postal, is when they're like, it's all right, if I get fired, I'm going to go play this game. And then they go to play the game, the servers are crashed, and they go, <laughs> fuck it, I'll kill everyone. And they just go mental. Yes, that is probably what would make me crack. If, if, if I got gear wiped after playing Outriders, having lost my job, then can't be held uh, accountable for my actions. I think that's Absolutely. fair, that's fair. <laughs> Right, well, um, I think it's time now to show you a little bit of appreciation uh, for our Patreons. They are Anthony Muncie, Aaron Cameron, Athletic Gravy, Hacksaw Book Reed, Jesper Camden Nielsen, Javella Cujo, Leo Merger, Lonnie Thompson, Magic Grits, Mindful Pig, Nathan Piers, Pastors Guild, Scary Omen, Starful Kid, Zach Cream, and the big dogs. It is Shellshock, Manuel Guerrero, Peaswad, and The Dude Abides. Thank you uh, ever so much to all of you guys who support us. And thank you to everyone who watches, subscribes, likes, um, anyone who engages with our content, really. Uh, It all really does help. Um, I I do appreciate the comments on the videos that just say, comment. Yeah. (laughs) Because even those, to be fair. Comment or Um, I'm doing this for the algorithm. Uh, Yeah. Hey, listing out those names, it's like music to my ears. I fucking (laughs) love it. Uh, So should we have a little comment of the week from the uh, last video that we had? um, Love a cheeky Episode little 67 comment. 67 was last week, wasn't it? Yeah. This comes from uh, GTA V75. Um, they say, maybe get some timestamps because I was at the part where you were talking about DC movies or right after it, and I tried to full screen, but it went to the end of the video, and now I've no idea um, where or what time I was listening to. <laughs> Lol. Which, um, Lol. <laughs> well, we, so- this is a thing we've, we've messed around with <sighs> before, timestamps, haven't we? Yeah. Controversial. Yeah controversial and the only reason we don't do it we decided before the podcast is because we're lazy and that's that's i think think that's the main reason i mean there are some like uh 
ancillary reasons around it, which uh, people may use, may see as an excuse. But <laughs> we do, we do kind of jump around a lot, right? So yeah, it, it, it things get messy, all right. And I guess yeah. it's not, it's not like a straight thing on our on our document. It's not like, hey, five minutes on this topic. It's like, no, we'll speak about a topic until yeah. we fucking rinsed it, and then we'll go to another topic, and then hey, guess what? We might go back to the original topics. It's like. Yeah, yeah, we could timestamp it all, but lazy. Imagine last week's would have been like uh, minute one to 15, cheesecake. Cheesecake factory. <laughs> right, like even the thing that GTAV talks about, uh, DC movies, that's not something we probably would have timestamped if we did timestamps because that's the kind of thing that just happens in conversation. Wasn't, I'm not even 100% sure it was something we noted to talk about. It might have like, mm-hmm. kind of like sprung out from someone's yeah. recap or something like I that. Think it Jonesy's, was, I think you sort of talk about Wonder Woman or something? Yeah, I believe that was it. Oh, but, was then, that but then it's it was, like, do you timestamp every single game or movie that every one of us watched in each of our things? So you have like nine timestamps in the course <laughs> of 10, 20 minutes because, I, like, I don't know. Difficult. Yeah. I, I think no, you, um, yeah, I think you guys are right. The, the, the reason, ironically, that we don't timestamp, the main reason probably, is for the very reason that GTA 575 has said, which is it's such a mess that we'd have no idea what, what we stand for. Um, we would every week have to go through and be like, what? What are we yeah. talking about? Also, okay, no, consi- no consider no that because it's not off of our podcast document that we can just refer to because we just fucking ad-lib whatever fuck we need to, like, we'd have to sit through. So we'd, we'd record the podcast for about two hours. Then we'd have to edit this shit, r- like render it, and then listen back to it again, like another two hours. Ain't nobody got time for that. Jesus Christ! Can we, go on, can we get like a like a, a a talking conch or something? What was it fucking called? You have to pass the shell around to see yeah. who can actually talk. Yeah, maybe. There you go, Jamie. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that would have played out absolutely horribly on audio. <laughs> Shout out to Paisley Radio. Um, I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Do you nominate um, a community member to be the uh, the community timestamper and give them official permission to leave a comment if they can be bothered with timestamps? What I mean, pin it? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And maybe maybe if someone maybe wants we give to them do a it. shout out in the next. Yeah. We'll call them the official gimp. Well, so you've been warned, folks. That's going to be your title <laughs> if you start leaving timestamps. You're just going to get referred to as that. So, it comes with the territory, I'm afraid. Hey, some people like it, man. That's fair enough. What be, 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 being it being a gimp or yeah, yeah. I watch. Pulp I mean, look, look at look at Jonesy. He's in a fucking sex dungeon. I mean, there's a reason like you can't it. see what's happening from the tits down on Jonesy's camera. <laughs> it's all leather yeah. and clamps, baby. There are sex slaves strewn about the floor. A boot. <laughs> a boot. <laughs> Jonesy, the Canadian gimp. <laughs> I feel like I feel like uh, sex slave Jonesy would be Canadian. Sex Boot. slave Jonesy. Sex slave Jonesy. in the masturbatorium. I love it. Was that the but Instagram yeah, name you settled on in the end? Sex slave Jonesy. <laughs> yeah, sex slave Jonesy. Sixty nine. Um, nice. As, as, you know, with the with the like, the messiness of the podcast, a little insight sort of behind the curtain, behind not this curtain, but behind the curtain mm. as to uh, why it's such a mess is because we pretty much only get to talk together like this once a week. And I know from from my perspective, I'm such an excited little puppy when we actually get to sit down and chat that it just becomes a complete mess of Yeah. The the big problem diarrhea. is, I guess, we sit we sit down, switch on our cameras, our microphones, etc., our lights, whatever it may be, and then we just talk shit before we even hit record for about an hour. True. 
This week is Chris just going looking at the clock going, can we please start? Please, can you stop? Please, can we can we yeah. start? Can we start? But I, f- I feel like that was my only role for a lot of the time at ATG was just kind of corralling you two and just saying like, come on guys, let's uh, record this video. Come on guys, let's edit this video. Come on guys, let's edit this video. Let's uh, upload you, it. You on, say on, that, fellas. but when you weren't there to do the VO recordings, they were a lot quicker and smoother. So, you know. Yeah, this is true. Just put that out there. Anyway, talking about what we've been talking about and what we've been getting <laughs> yeah, up to. Yeah, what are we talking about? Talking about what we've been talking about. Talking about what we've been talking about uh, and talking about what we've been doing in the last week. I want to find out what you guys have actually been up to and what you've been playing. So, Chris, mm. what have you been playing? What have you been doing? Well, What's been going on? So, I haven't really been playing much. So, I guess, I guess maybe what the catch-up thing is kind of turning into, what I've noticed the past couple of weeks, is it's... The Part, chip report. <laughs> the chip report. Well, funny enough, it does say chips on this document. We'll get we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, but it seems like fifty percent what we've been playing is a catch up, and fifty percent of stuff we just want to talk about. So, mm. um, so the only things that I've been playing is uh, Apex Legends on stream, Twitch.tv forward slash Hot Panic. Had some had a good time on Friday. I did uh, pretty well. Got two wins, a um, couple of top fives. You know what have you. Uh, did it again on Wednesday, and it, I got a win, and I did zero damage in that in that win. So that was <laughs> that was fun. That was uh, my pacifist run. <laughs> um, to be fair, I was a healer, but I didn't do any healing. So there we go, lifeline uh, for the win. Were you a ghost? <laughs> did you just follow some people around? Like, <laughs> no, but, uh, but do you know what I mean? Like sometimes a, a, a viable strat in battle royale games is just uh, skirting around other people and letting them kill themselves. Which it's is true. not, which is kind of what we did, but we had one player who was an absolute fucking god. He had like eleven kills in this fucking match. It was, it was insane. And, and the thing is, not making excuses. I, you know, I'm not a very good Apex player. I'm getting better as it goes on. But this dude was so on the ball that me and the other teammate were so far behind him, like physically on the map, trying, running to try and catch up to him. That by the time we catch up to him, he just like squad wiped a team. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Decent. Yeah, was no, he that, like that. Was that's... he cheating? It's got, I've got to ask the question. No, I, this dude is was aimbotting. I think he's just a machine, dude. Like, if you play enough hours in a game, you can get good at a game. And I think it's just the dude who loves Apex. And, and why not? Hey, guess what? A hundred million people are playing Apex as of recently, we were being told. True. So that's, that's a big fucking milestone. And I think that's pretty cool. And um, they're just getting started. Some more Titanfall stuff is meant to be coming to Apex, which I'm really excited about. Although someone on stream did mention, it's like, come on, you can't be too happy about that. Because someone said like, oh, I can't wait for Titanfall 3. And I was like, hey, well, you know, a little bit of a consolation. Titanfall stuff is coming to Apex. And he's like, yeah, come on. But that's like saying Sam Fisher's coming to um, Ghost Recon Wildlands. Oh, jeez. I, like, I was like, fuck, you know what? You're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. That does recontextualize some of my... Th- Plus, I'm not even sure I need Titans and Apex. And I know that's rich coming from a guy who hasn't played Apex in as long as I... Like, <laughs> over a year at this stage. Yeah. And uh, turns no, down... I, I, I get what you're saying. Like, the game is robust enough without him. What I would like to see is maybe... Um, I'd love to see War Running return as, as a mechanic in the game. I don't know how sure. they balance it, but I think it would be cool. Like, if everyone's got War Running, what's there really to balance? Yeah. And, and I, you, yeah, and I you say you can only you could say you only wall runs. run a certain amount of time. I just think it would be better. 
Um, I, I must admit, I did used to enjoy Titanfall's multiplayer more than I enjoy Apex. Fair enough. Yeah, uh, just, the way that it the way that it worked, yeah. the wall running, everything, I thought it was a lot better time. Yeah. I I just don't really enjoy Apex uh, for Apex some reason. Is so del- it's so delicious. I don't know. So maybe I, need to I can describe it. Yeah, but play it with me on stream one day, Jonesy. We'll have a good time. We we'll always do that. Do. We'll hop in. We'll have. And a then little, maybe we'll we can convince Jamie to come back to the battle royale fold. I mean, I'm still kind of in the battle royale fold, just not the Apex one. <laughs> That's Fine, the issue. Uh, so you're you're on the wrong one. That's all right. Um, I'm, I, I'm on the one that I have a lot more fun playing. <laughs> that's, <laughs> say that's that fair. Hey, well, you haven't been playing Apex in a long time, so how do you know you're not going to enjoy I it? I mean, I last played Apex. Uh, what when season? was it? We're in season eight now. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think when it would wow. have been. It would have been about April or May last year. It was. It was in lockdown. Okay, that's that's fairly um, recent. Yeah, yeah. Um, or maybe, or maybe it was slightly yeah. earlier than that. Yeah. But it was. It was in lockdown. So you know, I'm not completely out of touch. But then yeah. I haven't seen any of the most recent new map, the one with vehicles on it. Never played that. Oh at all. right, uh, the one of the um, clouds. Mm, it's okay. Yeah, the one that's all like futuristic. There, there's some cool areas in it for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I just like what they're doing. So they, the rumors are that a lot more Titanfall stuff is coming in. As I mentioned, um, there's been a rumor for a while that Blisk, which was the main bad dude in um, Titanfall Two, is going to come back as a character, and his alt is going to be summoning a Titan to kind of be a a, 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 war, a self-contained turret that kind of walks around an area, which is pretty cool. Jesus, um, pretty devastating I, I, in a final circle, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder how they're going to manage that one. But I always thought, like, when Apex first launched and there weren't any Titans, obviously we were quite disappointed, but I, I always theorized that a really cool mode would be if a Titan falls in a map at a certain area and it's like, it's just a free-for-all. If you get in the Titan, you get in the Titan and it's yours, maybe for a limited amount of time. And it yeah, could become yeah. what, a nice kind of... Um, so the circle kind of brings everyone together to a point to fight, right? That's essentially its purpose to end the game, bring everyone together, you fight it out, you get a winner. Because otherwise everyone's just going to hide in the map and no one's going to hunt each other down. But a Titan might serve a similar kind of role in saying like, here's a Titan, you can, it's an objective that you can go and fight over. And there's See, a reward for it. Warzone tried something like that. Do you guys, did you guys ever play Warzone while the Juggernauts were in the game? No, I didn't. Uh, yes, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, it's interesting, Chris, because they kind of ended up serving both sides of that equation uh, wherein they were kind of an interesting thing to go in to to go for to make a play for and to fight yeah. for, and they it did also sometimes give rise to interesting end games. For example, you have a situation where let's say second last circle or last circle, five teams left, one of them's a juggernaut team. The juggernaut yeah. team is on the map the whole time because the juggernaut's on the map the whole time, yeah. and so is under a greater concentration of fire, which then has to kind of, that hopefully balances out the advantages the juggernaut gets, yeah. but. I still feel like, based on the people I was talking to at the time, the net feeling on Juggernauts was they didn't have a place in the game. In that they, they just yeah. disrupted the balance too much. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, no yeah. longer a question of can you shoot, like, are you better at this game than someone else? Which well, when frustrated you, when you got people. the Juggernaut, did, did you just have the Juggernaut until it was... <clears throat> uh, yes, and you actually, I think, replenished health on kills. Or something. It was, it was that, something that, just like sounds, that. that just sounds unbalanced, really. But like, imagine if a Titan falls into the game, you can pick it up, but it's it it'll only last a certain amount of time because then it's say it's a power core will run out or whatever it is. Then, but then if it's guaranteed to not last to the end of the match, why would people go for it? 
I can kind of because see you're it. also sorry, Jojo, but also presumably while you're in the Titan, you're not looting. So then you're like, okay, I'm I'm not looting for a portion of the game, and I yeah. benefit from this thing, but I won't have it at the end. I don't know. I can kind of see an, um, an idea that oh, if I grab the Titan, I can do some damage, get some kills yeah. to try and uh, switch the you know. If you're feeling like you'll get your your. I don't know, maybe not the best player in your area and you want to take out some other people and you want to do some damage, then that would be not a bad way to do it. Mm, yeah, but... If you I, say, I think, I'm going to briefly get into a Titan, yeah. go for this team, take out some people and then like get out and Because I think, I think it, serves, it could serve as a strat, right? Like, yeah. sometimes you play the game, you get the gear you want by like halfway through the match and you're like, okay, I've got everything I need. Sure, maybe you don't have like fucking golden armor or some shit like that, but... You know, you've got your purple armors, your Evo shields, whatever, and you're like, I've got good weapons, good attachments, got all the ammo I need. Then it's like, hey, it, it just adds an element, I think. But yeah, whatever, you know, that maybe that's just me. But I'm enjoying okay. Apex, and I think you guys should join me. We have some fun. Uh, but yeah, I other- don't think I enjoy, <laughs> I think I'm struggling to enjoy any of those Battle Royale games at the moment. Like even Warzone, I think it's a problem is if you don't stick with them enough, which I definitely don't, I think yeah. you. I struggle with getting back into them. And I think Apex massively so, because I haven't played it much at all in the last yeah. year, probably 18 months. Warzone, even every time I fall off that for a few weeks, I find it hard to get back into. Warzone, I find Warzone very hard to get back into, but uh, I, I think for me at least, uh, Apex is easier to kind of fall back into. Right. Because it, it, um, I don't know, it just seems less... Uh, less serious? I don't know. Like, like less... less oh, fucking, I'm, I'm struggling to kind of explain it, but... It just seems more, can I, it seems more casual. It just seems more casual. You made me think, and one of the things I hate that they've added into Warzone is at the end of the match, when you get all of people's microphones are just turned on <laughs> and you can <laughs> hear everyone yelling and it's just people yeah. yelling shit. <laughs> like, it's so pointless. I don't know why they've done that. Like, it's just, uh, what, should, what do we want at the end of a match? We want everyone to hear what, um, what a bunch of bellends they've been yeah. playing against for the last hour. Yeah, that's what we want. We want everyone to yell, fuck your mum, man, you suck. And that, blah, that's blah. why you only stay when you win, so that you can be the person that says, hey, fuck your mum, because you beat them. You're better than yeah. them. There we go. So I play the the only times I play Warzone at the moment. I play with a group of guys that prefer playing Plunder because they like to play it more of a uh, like a traditional multiplayer thing where you just come. They don't even get the money. They just want to go and get kills. And I can ja- see why. Jamie's like, just funny. died a little inside. You just basically. <laughs> do what you just basically just said. The only ta- on. the only time I play baseball at the moment, I do it with a bunch of blokes who prefer rounders. <laughs> no, because it's not because what is different it's different it? kettle of fish. <laughs> it is a mode in Warzone, but they like so they it's like not, to go. It's not a battle royale. They like no, it's not a battle royale. But they, but I can see why because you get to drop in, fight, and every time you die, you respawn, and you get to just. Keep, oh, Joe, you know that sounds away. like multiplayer. It, exactly, exactly. It's because they like to play the multiplayer element. They don't like the battle royale element. Element, and I can see why because it is quite. It is fun to just keep dropping in and just keep fighting people, like and using your builds as well. It's a yeah. great place to test ah, out new builds, interesting and stuff like that. So you're but, saying you can use a loadout in a mode where you respawn? This is, huh, okay. I don't know why Call of Duty never thought of things okay. like this before. <laughs> on that, on that big map, it's uh, like but, I like I, it as well. I'm, I do like it on that big map. I think it's, um, I think it's a cool way to do it. Fair enough. But the big that, map is a difference. On that mode, yes. on that mode, when the game finishes, everyone is still in. 
So when oh, those right. mics yeah, open, yeah. it is uh, absolute carnage and it's horrendous. Okay, now that, I agree with you, is dumb. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> There's like a hundred people just going, you're a fucking idiot, Rah, you bunch of oh, dicks. I, I, I kind of want to reinstall Warzone just to experience that now. Well, oh, you don't I don't know how much it. longer it's going to be, uh, be around, but I'll, I'll jump in now and say that I, I was with Jonesy where I hadn't actually played Warzone for like... <laughs> Not consistently, at least, for like two or three weeks. I think the longest period of time since Warzone launched that I've gone without properly playing the game. I was yeah. just completely out of it, didn't care for the meta, uh, was getting shit on rubbish lobbies, uh, just not having fun. A friend of mine, a friend of ours, messages me, and there's a mode in the game that's been in the game before. It's called Mini Royale, which yeah. is, um, you know, it's a smaller player count and it starts on a smaller portion of the map. But the thing is with Warzone and how much you want to read into this is up to anyone, I guess. Uh, but the temporary modes and the smaller match modes that are always less popular than the main mode are synonymous with weaker usages or sometimes almost no usage of skill-based matchmaking. And so you're more likely to get <laughs> yeah. a lobby that is full of people who you probably shouldn't be playing with, which um, for the, the, the kill-death ratios that me and my friends have in the regular Battle Royale mode... If for us, that's prefer preferable if we can get <laughs> it. So he messaged us, being like, "Hey, there's this mode that apparently has a weak SBMM." So we jumped on, uh, played two nights this week. I've, I took a picture of my stats after two nights. Yeah, uh, f- fourteen games, seven wins. So we won once every other game, and my kill death nice. ratio is two point seven nine. Nice, wow. very nice. So essentially, what you did is your friend came over, yeah, and said. Hey, do you want to go over to the playground and beat up some children? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because apparently, so people, we don't know for sure, but Warzone's skill based matchmaking system seems to kind of like it uses all the elements it can to, uh, to basically, you're more likely to get a, 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 a lobby that's less built around you the more inhibiting factors you put in front of it to, um, to putting yeah. you in the game. I explained that really poorly. Such but as, I've, yeah, such as. Um, so what we do is, again, playing the playing Mini Royale, because there's much less people uh, playing it than the main game, so the player base is much smaller. And we also played at, like, between, like, 1 and 3 a.m. Uh, <laughs> so people in our time zone and on our servers, there's much less of them. And so yeah. the fewer people it can pull from, the harder time it find, has finding people who are at your level, and the more likely it is there's, like, an in-game clock, an invisible clock, and the longer it goes, the more you're waiting for the match, the more the system is likely the system is to go, fuck it, just throw them anywhere. And when <laughs> right. it does that, you're likely to get people who aren't actually, uh, you know, matchmaked based on your skill level. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, we won, as I said, 7 out of 14. And it's also just a really good way of practicing those endgame scenarios because you're in there so quickly, like rotations and, and so on and so forth. I was, yeah. we, we played some really great, great. We won three in a row on the first night. Nice. I, nice, I guess that's, nice. that's uh, to Jonesy's point of saying, like, Battle Royale games can be kind of hard to kind of... Because to get good at a game, you need to continually play it. Right. But if you're bad at a game and you don't get towards those end game scenarios to practice it, it becomes harder and harder to kind of get the, the spectrum of the flow of the game from start to finish. Right. You you have the thing that as the longer you play one of those games, the better you're doing, the harder the players you inevitably are facing. So, <laughs> yeah. which is kind of killer because the better you do, the longer you invest in one match, the more brutal it is when you lose, but the more likely it is that you lose 
because the players are getting better by definition of everyone yeah. else getting killed off by those players. Yeah. And it just gets worse. <laughs> like I remember in the early days of playing Warzone, some matches would last for like 45 minutes, I swear. It felt like, maybe not that long, but like you'd you'd be there for a long time. Like I used to always finish in, it seemed in the top, say like 10. And I would, but I would never win. So, yeah, but then I'd fit, I managed to squeeze in like three games. Yeah. And it was brutal that you're like, well, I'm only, I've only played three games and it's been nearly an hour and a half, like two hours. Like, this is killer. <laughs> and just want to be able to churn through more games more quickly. That, that's where you have to change your strat zones and you just have to always land in the hot zones. I, I mean, totally. that's a really good idea. Yeah. I like, think that's a good idea. I, I remember when we played Apex Legends in the early days, like right when it came out. And yeah. I remember thinking to myself, how unlucky must we be to get second place or third place as often as we do? And it was because we just went, we just stuck to the edge of the zone. <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah. with 20 teams. Yeah, you, you like, don't know how course, to play the game if you keep doing that. Right, exactly. Yeah, and so, in. like, we get to the final two and be like, oh, yeah, second place. By the way, I've got, you know, a blue shield and, like, <laughs> an, an alternator with a, a level one barrel stabilizer. Good luck. I play, but the weird thing about Apex is, I so I played that with uh, a couple months ago with Martin Ruffle because I was like, oh, okay, I'm up for playing some Apex. And we weren't sticking to the edge of the edge of the map. We just would, like, play in the game and we just didn't come across anyone. And we just so happened to be like in the yeah. middle of every circle. And by the time it got to the last like three teams, we hadn't fought any other teams. We hadn't seen any other teams. And we were in the top three. And I was just like, this is not a fun game. <laughs> we, were, um, <laughs> we even found one of the vehicles and we were just driving around like we'd stolen a car. We were just like, and we didn't see joyriding. anyone. And the vehicles are so joyriding. fucking loud as well. Yeah, it's crazy. I think, we were just joyriding. I think their maps definitely could use more players in them for sure. But anyway, yeah, look. That's that's Titanfall. Uh, uh, Titanfall. That's Apex. I fucking love it. Now the other game that I love is Dota Two, and I actually haven't played any Dota Two. They came out with a brand new patch with a brand new hero, um, and this patch was like fucking major, big changes to the patch. But I just haven't had time to kind of jump into it. I guess I could have swapped out uh, some of the Apex streams for Dota streams, but I, I I don't know for whatever reason it just felt I could squeeze in more. Apex games than I could in Dota games in the amount of time that I stream. I'll only probably be able to play two Dota Dota matches per stream, which is a bit of a shame. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to get into that. The the new new character is a, a new carry, so with some balancing issues. But yeah, it it seems cool. It seems cool. But other than that, and uh, I think Jonesy's going to talk about this as well. But uh, hey, I've been watching some of the Snyder Cut, fellas. I've been uh, squirrel gaming meets squirrel <laughs> squirrel film watching because um, I've been squirreling away like watching I don't know forty five minute chunks at a time and uh, I'm, uh, full disclosure I haven't finished it yet okay I still have fifty minutes left I think um, well, okay but my yeah, that God. is a long ass film yeah it's a, well it's funny before we hit record I was actually talking to Jamie about it and saying. It doesn't feel that long, but maybe it's because I've been watching it in fits and starts. And then also maybe because I haven't watched a four-hour film. So far, I've only watched a three-hour and ten-minute film. <laughs> yeah. um, but you yeah, basically it, watched a TV series, which is yeah. um, Justice League, the, the series. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, even when you're watching it, it, it's got like a title card that comes up. It says part one with a little subtitle and part two and part three. So, you know, there probably was an idea of that. Um, but yeah, I I'm just astounded at how much more coherent and enjoyable it is compared to the Justice League. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, Josie, I mean, I, I don't know, you, you're going to talk about it as well, but I've, I've been enjoying it. 
it's by no means a great film. I, just, I still have issues with putting all those characters together. Uh, but I, I enjoyed it. I, I like it. I mean, you know, hands up. I'm like, yeah, cool. Give me some. Shoot me. Shoot me. Shoot me in the face, why don't you? I can't tell if Jonesy's uh, about to agree with you or, or disagree yeah, with you. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm, I'm waiting. He's, I'm he's waiting. being very patient. Unnervingly so. Unloaded, Jonesy. So you, <laughs> hold on. I was, no, I was, have, you I was have you finished it? Have you finished it? I have finished it. Yeah, okay. we did it in two sittings, um, which I think was quite a good way to do it. I it's funny because like yeah, like the way you said about about putting away like forty five minutes here, forty five minutes there. Watching it in two sittings worked really well in the set. We did a really good break. I can't remember where exactly it was, but I think oh, I tell you where it was. It was right um, before they resurrect Superman. Yeah, that's a, that's a decent place to kind of split it. This it could have been part one and part two. Like yeah. that would have been, and that would have been the perfect place to do it. Do you know what they would have done if it was part one, part two? They would have had him be resurrected, and then you would have had the shot of him flying, and then it would have gone end, yeah. and then it would have said, and then you would have waited for part two. So we we watched it, um, and I think what you said, I was the thing that stood out to me, which was co- uh, cohesive. Yeah, it actually had a real sense of like what the aim was, what was going on, what their mission was, and then how they went about achieving it. And I just don't remember that it being in the Joss Whedon one. I don't remember it having anywhere near like that sense of cohesion in the plot. It just seemed so messy. I remember coming out of the cinema for um, the Joss Whedon one, thinking to myself, this film is a mess. None of it makes sense. It's just like it was a jumble of a film. I'd go so far as to say that with the original version, I didn't actually, I didn't really know what happened by the end of the film. (laughs) There was a whole bunch of scenes that I'd seen that I thought, and I thought was kind of shit. And there were some cool things happened, some things that were kind of boring. But I had in my head a list of like scenes that I'd seen, but I didn't really have any idea about like the story, the wider story. I didn't really care. This though, weirdly, I don't know if this was, I'm sure it wasn't intended. This was almost like, um, uh, the Avengers, like Endgame and uh, Infinity War, it was almost the same story for one. Like <laughs> space aliens come from another planet through a portal and then the big bad is going to come through the portal and he's going to arrive and then you have the epic battle at the end and da 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 Like This felt like Infinity War to me. Um, and even Darkseid even looks like Thanos, which is Yeah, well, they're, they're meant to be foils, even though... Darkseid right. came out first, and then Thanos was the copy of Darkseid. But yeah, they're they're effectively the they, same character with the same motivations. Well, oh right, I mean, so they do that the same a lot, motivations. Right? But yeah, the, you know, they're, they're the same tier of character in the yes. idea of the uh, comics. Yeah, and all like, as all these sorts of you know, movies, comics, everything do this, don't they? Where they they effectively use they don't copy each other, but they they somehow run very similar themes and yeah uh, you probably it's because they see one the comic but like dc see marvel doing it and then marvel see dc doing it and they go well that seems to work quite well and then naturally you tend toward that because your audience appreciates some things and blah 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 so i get so i get why that happened but it was very <laughs> it was very similar in some places to like <laughs> to the, the marvel cinematic universe i quite enjoyed it i guess um it was <laughs> I'm trying to. Some of it though was so Zack Snyder, like it was like watching 300. The amount of slow motion in that film, oh, was the slow mo and the, the the use of like, let's just play a song and let the whole song play out in a montage. It's like okay, right? I don't need this this much of it. Or or the, like, let's just have this Icelandic woman just sing a hymn while <laughs> while Aquaman goes into the fucking water. What was that about? 
she, uh, my wife actually said at that point, why is she singing? And I was like, what do you mean? And she went, why have they picked out that one? Like, uh, she was like, at first I thought they'd picked out like the uh, the surprisingly attractive whatever one. She's like, but she just looks like a random woman from the crowd who's just singing. And it was it's weird as well. She, uh, I, maybe I shouldn't say this. She looked like, she did look a bit like a, no, I won't. <laughs> Probably for the best, Alex Jones. I won't. Do you, like it, it was the, the whole that collection of characters and how they were, they looked in general was kind of weird. I didn't really get what they were going for with that. Like, I get what they were said they were going for, but anyway, I'll tell yeah. you guys after what I was going to say. I won't say now, just in case it's offensive. Wow, um, there we go. But I found that scene very strange, and my wife found it very strange as well. She yeah, was, it's, a, it's a weird ass scene. Not to mention some of the shit in that film. Anyway, that it wasn't. Zack Snyder's fault, but like the the underwater people, and then they'd make a bubble of air to have a chat, which yeah, is so very stupid. Oh, we can't actually do the talking in the water because we'll just be going. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so, for the audience and for the movie, we'll have this stupid thing where all the underwater people just pop bubbles of air to have a convo. Like, just maybe <laughs> live on land. Then you obviously don't like the water that much, do you? Fair point. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, but and you've I, also got the ludicrous thing in these films of um, there's no continuity of like force. So yeah. someone can hit someone and it does X damage and then someone hits someone else and it it obviously does 10,000 million times more damage, <laughs> but it has um, like a two-factor more of an effect than, it, than yeah, the person it, it, with the other Yeah, it's because it serves the work. story more, right? It's like, oh, yes. yeah, this person's going to get hit extra hard. <laughs> And it's just weird, like it's it's just kind of odd, um, but no, anyway, yeah, it was. But no, I, I I enjoyed it. I I enjoyed it to the, or I preferred this story to the the previous version. I thought it was I thought it was much better. It was very Zack Snyder. It was very three hundred. There was lots of slow mo and blah, 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 music, and it was slow and grainy and gritty. But it was all right. It was good. Oh, can, can I make a request for any future filmmakers out there? If you're thinking of getting um, uh women to sing in 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 the music for theme songs such as the wonder woman theme song was the <laughs> just don't do it i think we're over it all right i know gladiator <laughs> did it to great effect you know what i'm talking about jamie and i'm trying to pass like what you're actually asking for here you're asking for women to no longer be able to sing in films no just wow. don't wow misogyny okay. yeah there we go no what i'm saying is that that I know you mean. Have, having know, a musical score with a woman, do, uh, like doing a hymn sound, like it, it just doesn't. It's just so fucking overused, and I hate it so much. It's personal preference, but there we go. It just grates me. Can I have one more gripe about this film? Yes. So that dude with the really stupid name, the 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 bad guy, Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf. Steph- Steppenwolf. It's like might as well just call him Stephen Murphy. I mean, he's so close. Stephen um, Murphy. <laughs> can you so imagine? Stephen- oh, please, can we do a deep fake with, with Steph? Just kind of like give me yeah. our boxes. Yeah, no, we get Warner Brothers on the line. Another ten million dollars on visual effects. We need to do a face <laughs> replacement. So oh, yeah. Stephen Murphy, right? Yeah, with his with his stupid armor, manages eventually to get two. I boxes. I loved his armor. I thought it was sick. Manages to get two boxes, right? Yeah, and then he forms that impenetrable shield. Yes, in order to protect him and his super army, and he's come from a super advanced civilization that go around conquering tens tens of thousands of planets, hundreds of thousands of planets. Earth being the only one they didn't manage to fully conquer. They've got two box, the two mother boxes that are all powerful. Three of them together are, you cannot stop. He yeah. makes his fortress well done. Batman, who made a friggin' plane 
flies to it and hits it with some missiles, doesn't break it, which makes sense, just says, I just needed a few more, and then blows it with some more <laughs> missiles and then gets through it. Like, what? Well, Steppenwolf's kind of, shittest, like, yeah. dome, protective dome ever. It, it was the like, worst force field in any film ever. Yeah, it's like the opposite of plot armour, right? It's like plot missiles. Because if, like, he doesn't, yeah. if he doesn't have plot missiles, you can't carry on the story, so... Who knew that all you need to do was hit a force field with just a few missiles and then it makes a hole and you can fly right through it. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a design flaw right there. Yeah. Well, that's like the Death Star, right? There you go. Oh. Also, oh, don't, don't get me started on the fact that Batman is shit. Like, he has no powers. And they do joke about the fact he has no powers, but his, his power seems to be willpower and he just tries <laughs> really hard. Yeah. And because he tries really hard, he manages to... No, do James, you don't understand. In this one, he's got money and he's got faith. He's got money and faith. Oh, one more gripe. One more gripe. Aquaman. We're going to be here all day. No, we won't. Aquaman pops through the little hole in the tunnel when the water starts coming in. Like yeah, he's revealed yeah. that he's going to under join the, the bay. Team. Yeah, under the bay. He stops the water for them to escape. All the other heroes stand and watch him as he does it until he fails to do it anymore because there's too much water. At which point they all say, "Shit, we better run away." The whole point he was stopping the water was so you could run away. Watch yep. that bit again. They all stop as soon as he starts doing it to am- to be amazed by how cool he is. And then when he fails, they all go, oh shit, now we better go. Watch that bit again. <laughs> I, I just imagine you like with an ac- action replay. Now watch this bit again. <laughs> but imagine like a zombie film where there's a zombie horde coming at you and someone drops in and starts shooting them all in the heads and it's like, oh, stop them, you guys get away. And then they all stand there and watch until the guy's overwhelmed and the zombies start running at you again. They all go, oh shit, and they start well, running. Hey, you know what? Funny you said, imagine a zombie film because Zack Snyder's Army of the <laughs> Dead just got a trailer. <laughs> Oh, is it going to be all that women singing in slow motion again? And there'll, be, there'll be some slow motion for sure. Dave Batista's in it. Hell yeah. it's, it's funny listening to you guys, or Jonesy, you specifically talk about that movie. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I bring this up more as a point of interest and not as a criticism. Trust me, this isn't meant to be like a, like a slight on you of in any way. Of me or the film? Well, oh, wow. Uh, not, okay. not, not even of you, just of like the conversation you were just having. Uh, but it was interesting to get your guys' takes on it and whether or not you would think like... I see, feel the same way as me and that the Justice yeah. League seems like a weird target for this which is that there was an interesting conversation that was happening I think on the movie subreddit that I was reading the other day that was basically a guy complaining about modern day movie reviewers on YouTube not all of them but a lot of them um, yeah. because uh, he thinks or this individual thought that they have changed the conversation around film critiquing and made uh, a whole generation of people think that uh film criticism is now synonymous with nitpicking that just p- picking up plot holes is now oh, right, is now yeah. is now is now criticism that you can say you didn't enjoy a film right. and when someone asks why you say well because Aquaman held up the water and they didn't run away <laughs> when actually those are the things we should right. be overlooking in service of actually a broader criticism of the film itself totally oh. I'd agree but I would agree with that I'd completely agree with that person's point like I don't like it when a reviewer of a game of movies or books or whatever. I don't like it when they sort of pull on a thread because it feels like they're specifically doing it so that they can go, ha, look what I found. Look what I saw. Right. I'm, I must be better at what I'm doing. The, the, the thing I think is different about some of the things I picked out 
A, I'm not a reviewer by any stretch. Totally. I don't have the credentials. That's why I didn't, again, I, I didn't want it to come across as like a criticism of you because we're just having a conversation. My taste is too bad for me to be like a critic. <laughs> I w- I, no one should take my opinion of like games or movies as anything to go by. But no, I think the difference is, is when you're physically sitting there watching the film or playing the game, if it makes you stop and take stock and laugh or, or comment during... So I was just watching it with my wife of an evening. Like we were just sitting down eating, having having a drink and watching it. And we literally both stopped, looked at each other and laughed. And we're like, what the fuck? Did, why did that just yeah. happen? And I think when it does that, that that's yeah. a difference between nitpicking and pulling you out of the enjoyment of whatever it is to make you yeah, go. That's a good point. But, but I also think like, I, I know you weren't directing it at us, Jamie, but if you take us as an example, you know, we, we started off, I guess, looking at it as starting it off as a bit of a review, right? We're saying like talking about cohesion and the comparison between the initial one and the new one and how it kind of works better with the character development, etc. I mean, that's really what you need to talk about when you're doing a review. You know, you're talking about uh, plot, character, uh, craft, you know, you're talking about cinematography, yeah. whatever it may be. Um, but totally. I think as a, as a casual discussion as we have amongst friends which is what we right. kind of emulate on this thing it it does eventually like uh, devolve into like oh look bear but you remember when this funny shit happened and this like, was lame and blah, yeah blah, like you know? cl- yeah to be clear you know make it as clear as possible neither of you two were yeah, asked no, yeah, to yeah, yeah. or said that you were sort of framing your thoughts on that film <laughs> in, the, in the form of a review and i think if you either were asked to or wanted to you would have proposed you would have presented it very differently but what I mean is that, like, you could take that conversation we had just then, which, like you said, Chris, didn't touch on, like, writing or cinematography or yeah. performances in any way, uh, and instead, now, what do I know about this film after this conversation? I know that, like, there's some weird inconsistencies with Steppenwolf's armour and that Aquaman should have held... <laughs> like, they should have run when Aquaman was holding the water and that the woman who was singing a song looked like she shouldn't have been singing a song. There are some people, I think, on some platforms who would take points at like that and feel like they were genuinely critiquing the movie. When well, in fact they're just like, oh, right, there, right. there's this there's this one guy that I watch that critiques Star Wars stuff, and his whole thing, it, it, it's almost like, do you remember those videos that came out on YouTube of, uh, at one point where it's like everything wrong with, yes, and then they yeah. just like list. So, ding, do you ding, want, ding, ding, ding. It's funny because they are so that's so obviously meant to be like it's tongue in cheek, right? Like there's that's totally, the yeah. that's the like, like but that, I, that I is think, the thing. That's it's not trying to be a review. It's like hey, this is just totally, a form of yeah. entertainment. The, this one Star Wars reviewer, um, I quite like his stuff because I find him funny, but I don't take him as a reviewer, even though yeah. he kind of sees himself as a reviewer. So that's in itself is quite funny. But what what he does is exactly that. He's like, oh, okay, let me give an example, okay? Uh, a bunch of people, myself included, in Star Wars um, The Last Jedi hated the hyperspace thing, right? Where the... The ship is it when they go high? really fast and they split the destroyer in yeah, half or something? Yeah, yeah. okay. Right. Now, you, you can look at that and say that's a stupid moment and it kind of undoes some of the thinking or preconceived notions of how the universe works in, in, in Star Wars, right? But ultimately, that's not a review. That doesn't have any bearing on whether a film is good or not. Obviously, if you have too much of that, then it starts to be like this film doesn't understand its storytelling, right? Sure, but that's right. not really what it is. But this guy is like, uh, it, 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 this person sneezed instead of coughed, like fucking four out of ten. That's yeah. not, that's uh, bro, not a thing. I had one of the exact same thing as you the other day, but it was a, it was a game, and a game that I thought was 
pretty universally liked and that I uh, liked as well. And someone made a video on YouTube about everything they disliked and everything that's wrong with this particular game. I'm not going to say its name because I feel weirdly uncomfortable about people being able to go and find it and then knowing, <laughs> being like I'm sagging this guy off. But um, it, but the reason I clicked on it was because I'm pretty sure it was over an hour long. I might actually oh, fact God. check that. Um, and I was like, what the fuck? How is this guy going to talk for that long about like everything that's wrong with this game and i i'm sure you guys know what i mean when i say that i clicked on it i listened to the first 30 seconds and i went ah <laughs> that's how that's um, how yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, because it's totally that kind of that nitpicking as a form of critique kind of uh way of looking at uh art or whatever you want to call it you know yeah, a piece yeah. of media Dude, look, that you, you, can, that you, you can, can take you can stretch out to infinity of course you can. Look, you could take Breath of the Wild and you can pull it apart and eventually come up with Alex Jones's uh, opinion of it, saying it's a it's a trash game. I've but never that- nitpicked. This is it. I've never nitpicked Breath of the Wild. I say it's overrated. Wow. In general, not no, in but, but you know what I mean. Like, it, no, of course, yeah. You, yeah. you can you can take a masterpiece and you can find flaws and you can find enough flaws that then you can you can break down that masterpiece and and try and if if you can find a person who can listen to you in the way that you are intending, they can believe that it is no longer a masterpiece as well. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. There's a, there's a sense that you can you can nitpick anything. Um, and it's always the people who don't appreciate it in the first instance who say, I don't like this because, and you say, what do you mean? It's amazing. And then they go, because, and then they can list all these little thing, yeah. nitpicky things, ad infinitum, just go crazy with it. And then... I suppose the idea is because they're trying to say, this is why I don't like it. And they use the nitpicking to prove their point. Whereas in reality, you can absolutely have somebody who loves something, which is not perfect and has loads of nitpicky problems with it. But that person could probably take the the nitpicky person's favorite thing and do exactly the same to that and yeah. nitpick it un- until there's nothing left. Yeah. Um, well, in the sense of, as Jamie said, like critique in general and review in general needs to be much more overarching and needs to com- uh, consider all of it and in the sense, by the end, with most things, you can just get a feeling across the board of a piece of art and you can say, yeah, yeah. I loved this. Like, So a great example of this, and I'm sure uh, um, media students and whatever would laugh their heads off, 300 is one of my favourite films. I fucking love that film. It's 300 such a, is a like, great film. It's such a good movie. And it is, it is you know, CGI, uh, muscle-bound mess <laughs> in some respects. But I think it's a bloody brilliant film and I love it. And... Um, yeah, you could, but I think if something leaves you feeling like this was great, that you've just enjoyed it, it kind of doesn't matter what other people think anyway. Yeah. Sure, sure. By the, by the way, I looked up the uh, the faction figures on that thing I was talking about just to remind myself. So the game has an 85 on Metacritic. Okay. This guy's video, which is about how, and I'm not even going to say it, this guy's video about this this game, which is strongly critical of this game, is one hour, 21 minutes long. How many views though? Wow, two point six million. See, this is and, wow. this is, and an so and, the, an, and an overwhelmingly positive like to dislike ratio. I need to. I need to. You need to tell us after what game this is because yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. I'll, 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 I'll put. It, I'll copy the YouTube yeah. link in the chat it, now, it, and you, it's, you it's guys almost, will see. You know what it is? It's it's in a way it's the quartering effect. Oh right, yeah, it's the quartering effect, right? Whereby the algorithm is rewarding this kind of content and because mm, critical on, con- yeah critical it's, it's hy- hypercritical negative content that has no actual value right it's it's almost like recycled criticism 
And then what is happening is you are finding your niche niche audience that are seeking that. And it's just this like reward loop that it, it, it kind of grows from there. You're giving people what they want to do, which is, I mean, that's what an algorithm is there for, sure. But mm. it's almost this like reward of bad content in a way. I don't know. I don't want to call it bad content. Like there, maybe that's an extreme, like what the example Jamie's given. But I definitely think like there's space for negativity and nitpicking. Like if I, I wouldn't like it if everything was positive. And if you did, if you weren't going to be positive, don't say anything. I don't I, like that. I, I don't disagree, but I think, I think building building a whole channel around it and just day in day out churning that stuff out. It's yeah, I don't know. Like, look, look hands up. We did it on all time gaming, right? Like one of our earliest successful videos was um six overrated games from your childhood where we <laughs> ripped into a lot of games like including ocarina of time you know but we had valid criticisms some of it was nitpicky sure but mm. we always backed it up with and we were made sure to do this point because we were unsure how it would be received we're like it's a fucking good game that's the point of it <laughs> yeah but this <laughs> is the stupid thing in this good game and that's yeah. why it could be seen do, as overrated do you know what my favourite one of those were, was that we did back in the day yeah. was uh, six game franchises that deserved to die <laughs> and uh, on the thumbnail I think was Dead Space and so everyone goes crazy like you bastards you think Dead <laughs> but the, what if you listened which I, I wish more if people did what we were actually saying was not that they were so we hated them so much that they deserved to die but actually they were on such negative trajectories because of how yeah. poorly they were being handled that we glad they basically died before they got worse. Like, so Dead Space, for example, if you look at the trajectory as something to go by, a potential Dead Space 4 could have been a disaster. So yeah, in some respects, right. we're glad that it died before it got to that point. Yeah. That was the argument we were yeah. trying to make. But, but of I, course, I, I feel like YouTube, we, always try, we always try to straddle it a little bit on the safer side. You um, know? Like, uh, whereas, yeah. whereas other people, like maybe this review would just be like, yeah, here, here's an hour why dead space is this fucking yeah. garbage fire, you know? Like, yeah. You need balance, right? You need you, you need positivity and negativity. If you're going to have, or if you're going to have negativity, negative content and videos, then you need positivity and you need positive videos and content um, to sort of balance those out. I think you're right, Chris, and maybe at the moment, uh, negative stuff is, prior, is, is preference. We, but we know it. We know it. On, on ATG, we knew if you do a negative video, you get the views. That's just yeah. the, how it is. Yeah. But yeah. we need to crack on. Yeah, we do need to crack <laughs> We've on. talked about this for a long time. We haven't even heard what Jamie's been playing this week. No, I, I guess I get the onus this week of keeping it brief, right? Um, <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> not at all. Uh, luckily, I haven't played much either. Uh, weirdly enough, um, I ended up uh, amending for some past mistakes this week uh, and hmm. seeking forgiveness uh, because Lord knows I have sinned. Uh, when it comes to a particular series of games. where So basically, I was on the internet the other day, and I can't remember what the context was or where I even saw it, but somewhere I came across a quote, a little speech, from a character called Cave Johnson from uh, oh, yeah, the Portal yeah, series. Yeah. Oh, Most yeah. Notable Portal. It was the uh, the Lemons quote, where um, uh, there's a, he basically, he at one point in the game, Jonesy, uh, he, says, he says that, hey, when life gives you lemons... Make lemonade, no. and then later on, when he's very angry, he goes. He does one of the speeches. Where he's like, "No, don't, don't, don't make lemonade. Get angry. Take them to your scientists. T- make your scientists turn them into like combustible, explosive <laughs> lemons that you can throw back at and so on." And, you know, like, <laughs> listen to the thing. He does it better. But basically, it made me realize, and I don't know if you guys have experienced this before, particularly because of our time with ATG, that I've played the Portal games. 
Both of them. I've watched people play them an awful lot. I watched Jonesy, you know, like learn to speed run parts of Portal <laughs> 1, for example. We made videos about them all the time. Uh, you know, yeah. characters like GLaDOS and so on and so forth were regular uh, occurring, you know, regular features in, in our list videos back in the day. But I realized when I was listening to this Cave Johnson thing that I'm not sure I'd ever finished Portal 2. Um, really? Genuinely. Oh, wow. Genuinely. Okay. I couldn't be... And I guess that... I guess yeah. that is weird because you would have seen the ending of Portal 2 because you would have done multiple videos on oh, it. Oh, bro, yeah. Like the, I think the ending of Portal 2 uh, and the fate of you know one of Portal 2's more notable characters is like, you can't be on a channel like All Time Gaming and not just know that. Like that. So that's why you sometimes you end up not interacting with these games in the way that you sort of subconsciously registered that you had. So yeah. I, um, I made amends this week, played through all of Portal and all of Portal 2 over the last oh, yeah. 48 hours. Portal 1 in, in one sitting, Portal 2 in, let's call it 2 to 3, because uh, I kind of took a break every now and then. Yeah, nice, um, nice. They both aged well. Uh, Portal 2 has aged better. Like uh, It's a big jump uh, in terms of the quality of the... Yeah. The, not, I, w- I wouldn't say the quality of the writing necessarily, but obviously the broader range of characters allows them to explore more territory with that yeah. writing. There's more fleshed out, right? Yeah, and the, and the comedy specifically, which is so hard to do in games... Uh, holds up surprisingly well. Yeah, um, dude. Let, let me t- Portal Two is a masterpiece. I, 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 I legitimately think I'm with you. Not just in sort of a game in its own right, but also like how smart they would have had to have been to make that sequel. To take Portal One being what it was and say, okay, we're not going to shy away from the things we we've done in the past. We're going to re-embrace Aperture. We're going to re-embrace Glados because that those things are portal to some people and yet we're going to pile on all these other elements and um both in terms of the gameplay and the story uh like i at one point at portal 2 i was like kind of like oh i i remember this becoming a lot more freeform i'm surprised how much of this is still kind of structured room after room after room with you know there are sort of connective tissue in between yeah um but it never got boring yeah Uh, yeah yeah I did. I think I did similar to you. Well, uh, not like with both of them though. With Portal One and Two, a couple of years ago, mm. I think I finished them both inside of like three months, like a period. Yeah, about maybe about two years ago. And I, yeah, I loved it. playing it like that. Was was wicked. I loved that because I get having that experience and going through both of them in quick succession was is they're so enjoyable. And like you said, the writing's on point. The levels are is such a well crafted. Yeah, um, oh, couple of games. There's nothing better in a puzzle game than when it makes you feel smart, right? That's the, the feeling, <laughs> right, the euphoric right. yeah, feeling yeah. that we're all searching for. And there are some points towards the end of Portal Two where the elements that get introduced in the Cave Johnson segment of the game, like the various gels, and some of the elements that get uh, introduced in the Aperture side of things, like. Uh, well, in fact, do you remember Wheatley introduces his own puzzles towards the end, and he's got the beams that right. kind of suspend things in the air? And yeah, the, yeah. Um, when you get to the point that those things are, com- are combining, and you realize that you can use those beams to suspend the gels in the air and then stop them to drop them in certain points, like just some of those moments where you go, <laughs> oh, holy shit. Like, how smart do these guys have to be to make me feel smart for figuring out the things that they designed? Um, I've, I was just very impressed on on a number of different levels at how fun it is to still play I'd, I'd, portal 2 specifically i'd say was was a real blast yeah yeah i remember um, you played one of those the... ones yeah sorry jones the guy i was gonna say oh, it's one of those things when when i think about portal it just makes me want more from that universe it just makes me want to experience totally. more like yeah well, yeah 
Yeah. Uh, I was going to say that. I remember, Jamie, you were playing some some of the co-op with uh, Steph. Yeah, yeah. On the stream. I, it, I haven't played the Portal 2 co-op. So, me either. Yeah. I haven't played it all the way through, clearly. I, I think we got two and a half hours in, but also we would, we got stuck quite a lot. I got stuck more in that cult with Steph than I did maybe in the entirety of <laughs> the single player run of that game. And maybe it was because of memories and sort of like familiarity re-emerging with those puzzles, but... Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, nice. Good okay. good games nonetheless, and very easy ones, and affordable ones to pick up and play if they are kind of gaps in your gameography, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but I think I don't know if I'm lying. I think I tried to play a bit of Portal Two in VR, and it's fucking horrible. Yeah, I, I would I think not I had imagine like a plugin or something. I think I had a plugin that sort of did a because you can get like a third party plugins that allow you to play right. non VR games in VR. Yeah. And I'm, or maybe it was like a test thing that there's, someone had done. There's a port. There's some Portal Universe elements in the kind of the mini game collection thing that Valve made. What was it called? Yeah. Labs? No, no, it the wasn't lab. the lab. It wasn't the lab. the lab. There was, it was specifically a couple of levels in Portal that I'm, I think it was Portal 2 in, that I did in VR and it just makes you feel sick as anything. Oh, right. Totally. It's like being you, on a roller coaster because you, like when you, when you, because part of, awful. some of the puzzles are like, uh, have to do with velocity and you've got to build yes, up yes, the velocity yeah, yeah. to get like, sh- like, sl- like slingshotted out of a fucking portal. That would be the worst thing in, in VR. I think it was it was a couple of minutes. I think I just tried it because I wanted to see. I thought, oh, this would be really cool, and it wasn't. It was horrible. <laughs> the one the one I yeah. remember is there's a mini game in the lab where you're almost controlling a slingshot in a warehouse, and you're pulling it back and yep. firing these balls and knocking down boxes. But the balls are the cores that were designed to make up elements of uh, Glados's personality. Yeah. Um, and so, and like, they talk to you. They, you, they talk to you, yeah. And, and one of them is basically like the bonus ball, where it um, it's got a line that shows you exactly where it's going to go, and it's called Tracer Core. But its personality is just to say its name over and over again. It just goes Tracer Core, <laughs> Tracer Core, <laughs> Tracer. Like, I don't know. One, yeah. one of the things that uh, my first VR experiences was was the in the lab when you um, you go into the room and you have to fix the robot and you like pull its face off right. and it yeah, yeah, tinkle yeah. with the insides and you open a dr- like all these drawers and there are different things in but then the the room kind of falls apart and glados comes over the top of you and it was like holy shit glados is huge <laughs> and it was that whole thing was really really cool absolutely loved it there you go so, um cool stuff oh can i quickly do, say though you might have noticed and chris called it out earlier that i've written another word I can't wait. Yeah, I, I was can't about to ask this. you about it. Can't wait for um, this. Jonesy, do you want to read aloud for the folks at home what word I've written down on the thing? <laughs> it just says chips. Ah, interesting. Which, uh... Chips, also known as crisps in some territories. Ah, Indeed. Interesting. Um, I'm going to go a little bit unorthodox here. I'm going to ask Ooh. if uh, Judge Jonesy would be willing to preside over over a case. The people uh, yeah. versus Chris think... Jonidas. Yeah, oh. I, think I, know where, I think I know where this is going. <laughs> do you? Uh, I really do. Judge Jonesy, there's can, a reason why I think can, I know. Can I present to the audience Exhibit A? Yes. <laughs> Go on. Exhibit A I have in my possession is an empty, note oh. empty, bag of Walker's Max Strong Perfect with Beer Jalapeno and Cheese Flavor Potato Crisps. Extra hot. Oh, so good. The crisps are so good, in fact, that Exhibit B... Chris Jones, I don't know why he's an exhibit rather than like a, a suspect or, or a defendant or something. Brought them to the fore of the conversation a few weeks ago. You uh, told us that you were stockpiling them in some form. Is that right, Chris? Yes, I have eaten all of them now. How many bags the did you say you've eaten? Stockpiled, I've just eaten them. How many bags did you say you've eaten overall? Uh, 
Uh, of those six, big bags? Six, maybe. Six so big, of that giant six bag bags. that Jamie had? Yeah. yeah. It's fair Jeez. to say, Judge Jonesy, that Chris is trying to convince the good audience of this podcast that these are S-tier crisps, that these are as good as they get. Is that a fair assumption, Your Honour? I would say so, yeah. And so the case that I would like to present to Judge Jonesy and the jury that is the, the I almost called us all-time gaming, the Super Show audience. <laughs> wow, God, that's like 18 months of shit. I, I feel like you're drawing back. this out just to say something, so just they're, say it. They're, they're not that good. Oh, oh. You, you scumbag. You absolute um, scumbag. All right, I need to consider all the evidence, though, so could you please hold well, up Exhibit A again? <laughs> <laughs> exhibit A's on the floor, Your Honour, and I can't be bothered. <laughs> All right, from um, memory, I'm going to say that was an empty bag of Max Strong jalapeno and cheese crisps. Yes. Uh-huh. Is it empty? It is empty, Your Honour. And that is a rather big bag. So I'm, a, I'm me, a rather big guy. <laughs> you're, you're telling me that you, you ate that entire bag of crisps you didn't really enjoy? Uh, Your Honour, I would like to pose a question. Uh, I would like to... This is, this has pangs of you're, telling you're, someone you're, in a restaurant you're, 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 you're honor, I would like yeah. your honor I would like to I, I would like to ask you a question as oh, a man yeah. as a man of faith would <laughs> yeah. you ever open a bag of crisps that size find them to be slightly underwhelming based on what you were led to believe and let them go dry or go stale or throw them away your honor would a man of faith like you let these crisps go to waste or would you eat them like honorable men do no, I would let I would let them go dry and stale. All right, yeah, you know what? I'm going to have to pull out the uh, Phoenix Raicha and say, Objection! Okay, go because on. you did eat them all. You did eat I them did all. Eat them all. Not um, only that, not only that, you preserved that packet. Well, it's because I thought it would be a funny <laughs> bit. Um, I'll the push pack, it along. The packet <laughs> is, Your Honour, the packet is unripped. The packet has been, uh, for all intents and purposes, enshrined. Do you know what it was? If there, if there was like a little bit of the bottom, this much of the bottom of the bag had like little chip bits still in it, I would, and it what? gone a bit stale, I would have said, then fair enough. But the, because you... This is the issue. Deb- did you do this one? No, ah, I, I didn't. <laughs> Sorry, do that again? <laughs> ah. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> one more time, just do it for longer this did, time, with no, your tongue out. Did, no. And use because the other if hand you tip the crumbs, if, you've, if you did, tip the crumbs I did not. In. I did not tip the crumbs. There are some crumbs in that bag. I'm not going to oh, demonstrate. And do you know why mm. there's no little, you know, remnants of what used to be at the bottom of the bag? It's because oh, I, I did the thing we all do, which is I decided to play games and eat crisps at the same time, which resulted in sort of a loop that would oh, cycle right. maybe like every two to three yeah. minutes yeah. where I'd like, go, t- go over, take a handful, bite, taste, go, oh, that's spicy. Go back to my game, forget that they were spicy, and then go back to them. Yeah, so oh, okay. th- this is where I come in, okay? Because uh, my Exhibit A is on my phone, but I, I can't show you now because it's-, it's personal and private. But <laughs> Jamie Jamie asked me in a WhatsApp message, but Chris, how hot are they? Do you think that I... I'm paraphrasing here, but he said, do you think that I, a, a scrub of a man, <laughs> a... Objection. A, a, trying to lead the witness (laughs) a lightweight when it comes to all things piquant Uh, do you think that I would be able to contain the flavour within this packet of crisps and I said you know what Jamie I think you would I find them a little bit hot but nothing that I can't handle and I think you can handle them too now I present to the court that in fact Jamie could not handle the heat 
He could not handle the heat, and that's why he did not enjoy those crisps. And as a way of getting back at me for assuming that he had the mental and physical fortitude to enjoy a Scoville level above five, that's right, because he's a lightweight, that he is trying to, you know, make this public forum to try and discredit me and my chip tastes. I, I, I'm sorry, but that doesn't really hold water with, with me either because Jamie's finished the pack. He, if he couldn't handle the heat, he wouldn't have finished ah, the pack. Ah, however, sir, or judge. <laughs> the un, the undoing honor. of Jamie's evidence, the empty pack, is also the undoing of your very premise that he couldn't okay, handle the heat. Yes, Judge Jonesy. He yes. couldn't handle the heat. Allow me to present to you Exhibit <laughs> C. Do you see what this is? No. Nothing. It's nothing. And do you know why it's nothing? Because we have no evidence that Jamie actually ate those crisps himself. Oh, uh, I, I don't see, know about that. I find Jamie's an honourable... I'd, like permi- I'd, like, um, I'd like permission to bring another witness to the stand. Adding, <laughs> adding to the Discord call Steph... No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know what? I, this is an easy one for me because I don't like hot crisps whilst I like hot food and I don't really like ridgy Walker's um, over crisps. I, so the fact that Chris overrated them is not that No, do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? I can actually summarise it very quickly. It's just <laughs> this is boring and gets into Chris semantics within the UK that people might not care about uh, on a global basis. But And Chris, I don't know if you've ever had them, but basically Walker's Max, great, um, yeah. Before they went on the whole, the, all the sort of perfect with beer shit and wings flavors yeah. and so on and so forth, they had a bunch of regular flavors that came in the smaller bags. A lot of them were found in meal deal aisles and meal deal selections. Yeah, sure, sure. They had a cheese and onion, they had a paprika, and they had a third one, a red packet called Flamin' Hot. Walker's yeah. Max Flamin' Hot, which I once picked up because I thought that's the exact same name as the Monster Munch that is you know, spicy, right. and that's an amazing flavor profile. And yeah. I was disappointed overall by the flavor profile. The flavor dust that they use on Walker's Max Flamin' Hot is the same as the flavor dust they use for the jalapeno component of the jalapeno and cheese Walker's Max. And that was disappointing so to me. Oh, okay. I see I, Chris, I promise you, if I could get a bag of them side by side, I promise you, immediately I was like, what is that flavor? And I actually started Googling to try and figure out <laughs> what I could taste. And that's what I could taste. The cheese, I'm going to say it, the cheese profile needs amping up. Cheese crisps are underrepresented in the global market. I'm fed yeah, the, up with the, what's the, it's. I'm fed cheese, up with really cheesy are. Doritos. I, I, I will, need more options. I will defer that point. The cheese uh, profile on those crisps do take... Not only a, a, a back seat, but a back back seat compared to the yeah. jalapeno flavor. But anyway, you know what I had one time? Cheese mm. popcorn. I had cheesy popcorn once, and that was well nice. Yeah. The, the, a, 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 as a, a flavor profile, as Jamie would have put it, was very enjoyable on some cheesy popcorn that I had in Right. In well, I, I think the only thing for it then, Your Honor, is, uh, you, you know, it's, it's, it's come down to a he said, she said. It actually hasn't. The court, the court actually um, has one other uh, way of clarifying this issue, and will mm-hmm. be decided next week. Oh, um, when we because we, we will adjourn until next week, the sixty okay. ninth episode, um, oh. and the judge himself will procure a pack of said crisps and try them, and decide whether or not. Um, okay, but hold on, because I'm, 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 I'm calling mistrial here. Because, I'll be impartial. I'll, because I'll you, be impartial. You, you've, you've, you've just admitted that A, you don't like hot crisps. 
B, but, you don't like rigid well, okay. questions. Okay, what, yeah, what if we... stacked against me. What so if what I'm like, proposing is that the, the audience lets us know. I was going to say, like, open, open this up to the jury and say anyone exactly. based in the UK, try and procure a packet of these jalapeno okay. and cheese walkers, Max, yeah. as well as but Jonesy. I do, I do welcome your opinion next week. Yeah, so, I think Jonesy yeah. should do it too. Okay, um, and we'll, we'll use a, a mixture of the uh, the jury in the comments <laughs> below, um, and my own opinion. No, well, I, I think I can be impartial, Chris. I think I can. I think I can try and assess the flavour profile and decide whether or not you were you're right or wrong, even though they're not my sort of go to. Because I like spicy food and I like jalapeno and I like cheddar, so hopefully there I'll be go. able to have some sort of insight. Mm-hmm. But with that, <laughs> moving on, random little uh, crispy court over. Let's crispy, move on to uh, crispy court. Crispy court. <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on to an actual news story. Uh, Although before we, we do, can we just ask people to let us know if they want a regular crispy court feature? And each week we'll just profile a different flavor. Can we get a jingle? Like you know the jingles they have in those TV shows. Like what? What's the one that's like? Oh yeah, yeah. That's is that like is... Judge Judy or something? No. No, no, no. It's it, it's not Law and Order. It's Law and Order, isn't it? Isn't Law and Order just that dong dong? Dong dong. Yeah, that's because that's a meme one. You get that one quite or a lot. Or you or you maybe like special victims unit or something. <laughs> Chris is with me. So I am gonna I'm gonna ask that if the court does uh return that it gets its own jingle. But then, hey, that's just me. That's just me. But hey, right, we're we'll, too lazy we'll to put timestamps, so we're going to be too lazy to put the jingle in. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> there was one time, to remember, uh, Crail even made us a jingle, and I was editing it. I was meant to put it in, and I didn't. So it's just a gap. Like the one time, someone actually made us a jingle, and we didn't even fucking And, and I put it. it in the next week, because, yeah, we'd left yeah. it out. Yeah. So it, it was featured. Sorry, Crail. Thanks, Crail. Yeah. There you go. But right, yeah, let's move on. on. Let's move on to some news. Um... Almost our almost the fourth member of the uh, Super Show at this point, <laughs> Jason Schreier has um, written an article in Bloomberg where he has um, sort of gone into some inter- interesting details about Sony and uh, the goings on, um, and that there is some unrest uh, growing within Sony and PlayStation. I should say um, he's got an article where he says that prioritization uh, of the biggest possible games. Um, and studios has been undertaken, which I suppose is not going to do very well if you are some of the smaller uh, games yeah. and studios. Um, so I'm, I'm tell you what, I'm actually going to Jamie. I'm going to ask you to give us the lowdown on this because I okay. read the article and I'm just going to be looking at your points. Fair <laughs> enough. So probably I, I'll be honest. Yeah. It was a bit of a kind of a sprawling article, especially if you consider all the various bits and pieces that came out after it was published. So yeah, it is a weird a, one to kind of. It's a saga, isn't it? It is a bit of a saga, but it, basically, you kind of hit the nail on the head, Jonesy, when you said that apparently. Uh, some unrest is being sown within the PlayStation Empire as they continue to prioritize the biggest studios and the biggest games. Talking about companies like Naughty Dog, Sony Santa Monica, uh, Guerrilla Games, and uh, the Uncharted Last of Us, God of War, Horizon Zero Dawns of of the uh, of the PlayStation family. But apparently, these companies and these games are being now pushed and prioritized at the expense of smaller projects, smaller studios, and either new IPs or sequels that were kind of in the balance. So uh, Jason Schreier's article kind of takes two forms. On the one hand, he looks at some studios that are maybe suffering uh, um, under this kind of this new-ish regime or this change in regime. He calls out Japan Studio, who recently went through a bunch of changes. Um, The kind of 
it seems like they're restructuring to focus on the team that uh, do all the Astrobot stuff. I think they're called Asobi, but um, many other team members behind games such as Gravity Rush and the Everybody's Golf series uh, have lost their jobs. There have been layoffs there. He looked at Media Molecule and Dreams and how that, that game and that company are perhaps suffering from a, a lack of marketing, Sony uh, potentially not pushing that game. And also talks, and this is what one of the biggest uh, uh, sort of themes of the article are about, is a two studios, Sony Bend, who are behind Days Gone, and yeah. uh, a team called the Visual Arts Service Group, who um, were a, a big team of people that kind of, as their name would suggest, aided with the production of games like God of War and The Last of Us, specializing in animation and so on and so forth. Yeah. But were they did starting a lot of polishing, didn't they? Totally. Like end, yeah. res- end results. They were roped in to kind of like get stuff over the line, but they were coming up to speed to develop their own game, or at least trying to. And that's where some also some juicy stuff around the games that were being made starts to come in. So the Visual Arts Service Group first, they basically decided that it was time to make a game. Uh, they try, were trying to staff up, and Sony were uh, sort of uh, cutting off their ability to staff up and ramp up in the way they wanted to. Their plan originally was to make a ground-up remake of the first Uncharted game. Uh, they started working on that. They were getting pulled in different directions. They started to lose their autonomy. And when it came time to evaluate the progress they'd made on that game, um, I think it was Herman Hulst, the head of Worldwide Studios, who was like, not, not good enough, cancelled it. They were then like, right, what can we do? What's a bit more within our grasp? They decided to actually do a ground-up remake of The Last of Us, which is a much more recent game, but apparently remake The Last of Us with kind of The Last of Us 2's gameplay and visuals. I think that was the idea. But I'm kind of with you, Chris. Like, it, it's mental, bizarre choice. Um, they, they've they've got a they've got a um, a remastered version of The Last of Us. It's perfectly fine. Like, yeah, it, 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 it's yeah. almost those things. Like, it's too soon to make a remake. It I don't is know. Maybe <laughs> I, some people are excited about it, and I'm sure it would be cool and fun and fine. But yeah, I just don't. I don't, think it's necess- no, I don't think it's necessary at all. Yeah, we, which know. is kind of the point of it, right? Like, put your energies elsewhere. Right. Like an it Uncharted seems, it remake seems makes a bit more sense, uh, especially if you play the first Uncharted, just how fucking aged yeah. it is. But I guess this is the... And so uh, that project, the Last of Us remake project, is still going ahead. But what has happened, apparently, is that rather than being able to staff up and continue to work with autonomy, the kind of the visual arts service group dev team, who are also kind of referred to as the secret um, San Diego team, that lots of people thought were working on an Uncharted spin-off. We now know that that was in fact never true, or at least doesn't appear to ever have been true. They have been fa- they have found themselves almost folded in under Naughty Dog. The Last of Us remake is now almost being led by Naughty Dog, and that team are working under Naughty Dog. So it's an example of Sony again prioritizing the big team who kind of seem to deliver because they are very risk averse when it comes to smaller teams and sketchier projects. Um, the other example of a team that has suffered from the exact same thing is, as I said, Sony Bend, who made Days Gone. Obvious thing to do, despite the critical reception of that game, is to pitch for a sequel because it sold really well. So the yeah. story apparently is that Bend pitched Days Gone 2. Sony look at the development process of Days Gone 1 and also the critical reception and basically reject the sequel. So it seems like Days Gone 2 is not and will not happen. Um, yeah. There's a weird kind of... It's a weird thing with this whereby it almost seems like The Last of Us remake, the reasons uh, it seems like they would do that is to capitalise upon um, the big hoo-ha around The Last of Us Part 2. And it seems yeah. like it's still fresh enough in people's <clears> minds <throat> that they can say, 
we need to, if we put this out, people will buy it. Like, so we should do it. Which then is almost odd because you then say, well, okay, then you can use the same rationale for a uh, Days Gone 2 because whilst the critics didn't like it, it absolutely smashed it when it came to the audience. And yeah, if you yeah. put out Days Gone 2, it will get bought. Like, yeah. there'll be a there'll be a um, hype train to get that game and everyone will be saying how amazing it looks. It'd almost do better if it, if it isn't, you know, a critical success, <laughs> if it's just a sequel. Um, because then it will it will be able to have a whole division between the audience and the critics again. So I'm, it's surprising that for on one hand they want to capitalise for Last of Us remake, and then they're not going to do it for Days Gone <laughs> yeah, Two, which I, I, I find kind saying. of weird. I find it. Kind it of it's all, it's almost like they want every game they release to be a triple threat. In that you know almost not flawless development process, but as you know as as trouble free development process as possible a commercial success and a critical success. And those yeah. are the pillars that they need to be satisfied yeah, was, before they build. I mean, I'm going to paraphrase here, but didn't Jim Ryan say he wanted PlayStation to release games that people can't ignore? Something like, something like that. Like, so big and so fucking blockbuster that yeah. they are unignorable. Yes. Which, which then kind of leads and, to the fact, that, like, feeds into the fact that they... Are focusing more on the bigger AAA studios rather than the AA yeah. or the indie and, studios that. And also suggests that this has been another wrinkle got added to this with the news that Kojima was potentially talking to Microsoft. I think Sony uh, looking at their recent years and like thinking that Ghost of Tsushima, The Last of Us Two, God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn are the titles they want to replicate. Whereas I think games like uh, Dreams, uh, Death Stranding, obviously Days Gone, for one reason or another, either sales, critical development whatever it is, they're looking at those games and saying, actually, these aren't the games we want to be making right now. Yeah. I suppose I suppose that maybe the difference then is like, Last of Us Part Two did very well critically, did very well on sales. Um, Tsushima did well on critics and well on sales, which then kind of means that it should be in that first category. But then Days Gone did very well on sales, but didn't do very well critic. So it does seem like they've got these weird pillars, but I don't yeah. really know what the pillars are. Because yeah. some of those games hit pillars and then miss yeah, others. And- you're right, Josie, because look at The Last of Us Part Two. how many delays they had, how many leaks they had. Totally. So it's a problematic yeah. development. And then you also look at, yes... And the, the audience the, reaction wasn't, wasn't yeah, great. Yeah, like the critical reception was high, but the audience reaction was... I Okay, I'd say it skewed more towards high, but it was not without its controversies. Multiple controversy oh so hold, so hold on so hold on so maybe the reason they're remaking last of us one is to kind of say we hear that you loved the last of us one and you didn't love last yeah. of us two. Oh, so you we'll, wanted we'll, you want to play as joel oh you want joel oh, so back. Yeah, all right okay, here you go so maybe yeah. that's why is they're like you can have it we'll we'll uh totally on the on the box it will say featuring joel yeah. <laughs> everyone will go Yay. i mean i, I will so, say yeah. that yeah sorry no, no, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, I think it's possible as well that uh, people who work for Sony are feeling those same kind of con- level of confusion that we are around why they are and are not sticking to certain principles when they come to it comes to their decision-making. Yeah. I know there was people, someone uh, on Twitter this week, who used to work at Sony Santa Monica prior to the God of War thing when they did uh, development work on the indie game Journey, saying one of the pe- reasons he left is because he could almost see that they were moving away from the development side of the indie game and more focusing on kind of right. support and uh, maybe publishing on occasion and so on. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that happened is that uh, for anyone wondering what happened to Bend after Days Gone 2 got rejected, they got split in half. Half the team started working on a multiplayer project, again, go with, with Naughty Dog. 
go figure um, that I think people believe to be the multiplayer component of The Last of Us Part 2. The other part, half of that team got put on uh, a, I believe, again, something that's now been cancelled, but some kind of Uncharted game or Uncharted spin-off. So yeah. literally, when Sony turned down Days Gone, Days Gone 2, what did they do with Bend? They put both of those teams under Naughty Dog. And apparently, uh, the, uh, the heads of Bend had to go to Sony and be like, we don't want to work on this Uncharted thing, and essentially had to fight to get back their autonomy. Yeah. And they are now working on something new. But again, new, the new kind IP, of... right? Yeah, the criteria that that will have to satisfy to get greenlit and get, you know... Uh, the budget it needs and the the staff it needs hard to say um so lots of very strange stuff happening there yeah I, that's I kind have of a, brutal man i have a bit of a interesting take on this so I, I did read the um the bloomberg article so I, I recommend that anyone who's interested in it do read the article it is fascinating i i, I do have some thoughts on it though because that unless i was reading it wrong right but the way i'm seeing it is the uh the Visual Art Service Group, they had aspirations to be something more than they were, right? I think that's fair enough. Okay, and they were like, hey, you know, we don't want to just be the team that finishes other people's games. We do have aspirations for our own thing, so let's show them what we can do by doing one of these smaller remake projects such as Uncharted or The Last of Us, right? Okay, fine. Then Sony kind of takes notice. Now, Sony is kind of a little bit arm's length with this idea. It seems like they knew about the idea and they were okay with the idea, but they weren't giving them the support, right? Yes. So again, you agree with that assumption. Yeah. Okay. But then what happens is Sony sees that they're working on the Last of Us remake and then they say, okay, so it's the Last of Us, so let's get Naughty Dog involved, right? Which seems to me to be a fair response. Yes, and then what happens is eventually it keeps on going, keeps on going, keeps on going, where maybe it shifts more away from Visual Art Services Group and more towards Naughty Dog, mm-hmm. which rubs Visual Art Services Group people trying to do this splinter faction within them to make a new IP, rubs them up the wrong way. But the way I see it, as harsh as it may sound, and I know I've been on the wrong end of this as well, but it's, it's the fact of life, that's business. The Last of Us is Naughty Dog's IP, they're going to give it to Naughty Dog. Sony's going to look at the bigger picture and they're going to say, you know what? Visual Art Services Group is a, a call it a company, whatever it is, a, a group that is there purely to finish off other games and support them with whatever they need. I mean, the, the, the fucking, the hint is in the name, Visual Art Service Group, right? And, and it's almost <laughs> like roll saying- off the tongue, yeah. No, no, but do, do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's like saying- Yes. We, we, we're, we're making pizzas- Oh, but we also want to make hamburgers. Okay, let's have a look at your hamburger. Okay, cool. No, we're going to give it to the hamburger people. It, it, yeah. Like, like I, get, I get why they want to do it, but it just seems a bit strange to me that they are getting so out of shape and so that, that, that Sony won't let them do the job that they're actually there to do. Well, or, 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 like Sony wants them to do the job that they're there to do, but they don't want to do that. They want to do another job and they're pissed off that Sony is angry at uh, uh, shifting things around so that they can actually just do the job that they're meant to do. 
I, I don't know. I, 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 I feel like I'm taking crazy I, I think yeah. the I think the visual arts service group is only one angle and one element to the wider story, which encompasses sure, a lot sure, of different sure, teams sure. and games and IPs. And I, I, while I get where you're coming from, that Sony can look at that decision and say, hey, make sense for the people remaking The Last of Us to work under Naughty Dog in some respect, I can also see why that team would be like, look, we know it's their game, their IP, their series – just let us run on this one. Let us let us see what we can do. Let us show you what we can do. Like, let's have some autonomy, even if it's yeah, their but, idea and their franchise. But at, but at the same time, Sony, as as the report mentioned, was kind of arm length about it, saying like, "Yeah, okay, I guess you could, but we're not yeah. giving you we're not giving you like the actual support." But in- that's also part of the problem, right? Well, I mean, I mean, is it though? Because it's it's. Hang on, so we're talking about Sony becoming so risk-averse that they cancel a remake of Uncharted and only greenlight a remake of The Last of Us if it's happening under Naughty Dog. We're looking at Sony that's so risk-averse that says Days Gone 2 didn't get good enough reviews, so we're not... Sorry, Days Gone didn't get enough reviews, so we're not greenlighting Days Gone 2. We're splitting that team in half and making both of them work on things with Naughty Dog as well. Like I think there are elements of the, look. Jason Schreier knows how to pick stories. He knows yeah, how to sure, sensationalize sure. them, and he knows how to, you know, on, on where necessary, sow a bit of fear amongst the community because it gets people yeah. talking and worried, and you know, it raises pulses. But there are elements look, I, to this that I, that make you yeah, go yeah, like, I, I, I get it, I get it, but I, I just think that, uh, and yes, it's part of the bigger picture. But I feel that grouping in this visual art service group story is. It's just adding Tinder to the fire, like like unnecessarily. Because it, isn't that isn't that what he's trying to do? He's trying to use data points in order to make his point. And if he can use the visual arts thing to yeah. add another data point, this is it, typical of so what Sony are doing at the moment. But, like, but it's like, like, say, but it's like saying, doing. "Oh, I've got a cough, and now, oh, okay, yeah, it's fucking tuberculosis or whatever." Oh, but there's there's some you know there's there's some uh, chili powder in the next room. And it's like, it doesn't seem to really, but it doesn't seem to fit into it because it's like, it's what we said before, right? On, on these people that can keep on nitpicking and finding threads and you, you, you pick something enough and you can actually justify its inclusion. And I think that's what's happening. Uh, I see. I I, I disagree. I'm not saying, I'm not saying like it, it does seem like it's added to it and it does draw a bigger picture. But I don't think it needs to I, be I, in there I because think, it's I think, like it's a completely different issue. I think you're focused on the second half of the visual art service group story, which is them <clears throat> trying to make a Last of Us game and being sort of like pulled into the under the Naughty Dog banner. But I think yeah. the first half of the uh, their story, which is them trying to make an Uncharted game and being uh, and not and being kept at arm's length and not being allowed to staff up and actually do the work they needed to do to prove that they can remake that game until it is cancelled entirely. Is that's the thing that's more symptomatic? Okay, but but you're not taking it the step back though, Jamie, and you're not saying. But it's a group that is there not to make games. Yeah, but like if okay, if if they were never if they were never allowed to make games, why did Sony let them get the thirty man development studio to start making something? Well, they, yeah, they, 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 they were two. They were two hundred. Throw their full support behind it. Well, exactly. But like, why, why throw any? Like, let's say Jonesy, you're in. You're in charge of a team that makes videos. You've got two hundred people in your team, and I and I'm the right person that writes the checks. And you come to me and you say, "Hey, I know we're a two hundred man video team, but um, kind of really want to see if we can start making music." And I go, "Okay, yeah, sure." Uh, and and like, oh, the budgets are rearranged as such that you can now start a thirty man music team within your company. 
and you come to me like with a work in progress first album and you're like, okay, need to go up to a hundred people to finish this album. And I'm like, actually, I'm just going to get rid of the whole album. Sorry. Like, no, I, I, I can, and, I can and then you're like, situation. and then you're like, well, uh, sorry, what if we change genres to make something that's more your taste? And you're like, um, okay, I won't disband your team, change genres and make something different. You come to me, this new album that's more my genre. I'm like, okay, this might sell well. You're not going to finish it though. I'm actually now going to absorb that into what I do every day and you're going to work underneath me. This thing that you've been taking the lead on to get off the ground. You should to- th- That would totally drain morale. People would it, and it are would. Le- totally leaving that company and it is something that Sony are doing. It, it would, but I, I, your, int- your analogy is interesting because I wouldn't be surprised if that is kind of how it went down and the reason being that for, for whatever reason, Sony were worried by what they'd seen in the development process. That I, I could imagine totally. that may well be where there's like, and so you said, for example, um, if you had a team of 30 and then you said, hey, look, now I need a team of 100, you could imagine how someone says, well, hold on, your initial budget was for 200. You've just asked for 50% of your whole budget for an extra thing that you don't even do. And I'm not even that convinced about the progress that but then, you've made. But then what's the, the kind of, what's the kind of management like? like where you're like, okay, I'm not convinced with the progress you've made. We're cancelling this. We're not expanding your team, but we're going to let you start again on something else entirely. Like if they're, well, they're, they're not making good progress, if they can't do well, no, because they were already a part of the team that did something else entirely. They're part of the Bye. visual arts service group that, you know, you know, specialized in animations and fucking motion capture. Okay, but, and supporting. But the point is, I guess that they, they were given, they were given a, uh, a, spe- a specified assets, range, right? right? Yeah. Capacity saying, work within your means of an additional 30 people as an example and then they come back and say no we can't do it so it's like okay well if you can't do it with 30 people then change the project so they change the project say we can do the last of us because it's a slightly newer game built on newer architecture so it'll be easier for us to uh manipulate and 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 remake do do you know what i mean it's like it's a thing of like give someone an inch of rope and they ask for a mile right it's, it is, to me, it does pang elements of they weren't happy with what was going on, so they, they wanted them to go on to um, Last of Us, but they weren't happy with how that would be managed, so they put it under Naughty Dog, which... And then you could, I, but I have no idea. Like, I don't know. I haven't read the article and I think you need a lot more information to know because it's easy to look at one side of the argument and to say, especially with like Visual Arts Service Group, is to say, oh, they're being hindered. They were trying to do something else. They're being, but then without knowing like the inside, what was going on. And with all the shit that's happened in the last two years, with, um, video game in the video games industry in general, with like the way management has effectively been running things, seems to be a massive issue. Like projects coming in late, projects not getting um, made yeah. to the standard you'd expect, massive budgets like uh, that sh- that should never have happened. I can kind of see why companies like Sony would want to get a handle on those issues, like the management issues. Um, and maybe yeah. that's a big part of it. Maybe I that just, is a big part of all of it. I think stuff. I think it comes down and, to and with Bend as well. Maybe with maybe with Bend too. Maybe they're like, do you know what? Um, we think management was the problem with uh, Days Gone, and yeah. we want right. But then, what, what, what if the pitch for what if the pitch for Days Gone too? Sony were like, that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. You're not making it. Unicorns, yeah, and the worst thing. In some respects, there, Josie, I feel like you're looping back around to what Chris said earlier, which is like it is kind of just business, right? It's business at the um, end of the day. But boys. here's the thing: I'm going to say from the gamer's perspective, and the gamer is. Oh, hold on, because I do. I, I agree with you though, Jamie. You can go to business, and it can destroy yeah. morale. It can ruin yeah. creativity. Yeah. Uh, you can't just pick business or like let creatives like, do whatever the fuck they want because then you get um star citizen so you've got to go <laughs> you have to have some like 
there has to be a meeting of those two things, right? right. Yeah, I, and, I, I and, can agree to that. And as because, well, yeah. like, I, I just think the the PlayStation portfolio gets a lot less exciting when less risks are taken. I'm not suggesting that every risk should be taken. There are calculated risks, and there are good risks and bad risks, and so on and so forth. But if Sony really does become this thing of like, uh, let's say, like. I don't know. It's a difficult one. Like, if every game is guaranteed to be a Last of Us Two or a God of War or a Ghost of Tsushima, there's just less of them. Then, then I guess that's great because you know that we still get those kind yeah. of games. But also, but you've got the, like the that's Xbox the approach, model, which right? that is the Nintendo model in some respects. Yeah. yeah, but then you've got the the ever changing Xbox model, which is just that like because we give away all these games for free, we're just trying to make as many of them as we possibly can with as many different people, and I kind of like that. <laughs> I short I and, and I that's, the, go that's the Microsoft strategy. That, so, I, it's just it's just all changing. No, no, that's, that's what, what I was saying. That's what because of Game Pass, right? Because they yeah. don't need to sell yeah. sixty dollars games anymore. So it's just like yeah. fuck it. Yeah, everyone make games. Just make as many as you can. We'll give them we'll give them all away. <laughs> I don't know because that's kind of like throw everything to the wall and see what sticks. I quite totally, like. Yeah. I quite like the idea of. Uh, you have the company who are happy to put money in and back projects. Then some of them will work and some of them won't. But just take punts and and try it. Whereas I I find that the the sort of just support everything and you will. That's the that's the was it the Bloomhouse model of of uh, game making, right? You just you spend a little bit of money making absolutely everything, and eventually you'll hit on a absolute banger and you'll make a load of money. And I'm I'm not a fan of that in get sense of games. Probably because I'll miss a lot of really good games because um, they'll be so swamped. Uh, yeah. Or I'll be swamped in so many games, they'll be hard to f- sort of find the, yeah. the really good stuff. Um, I quite like it when so Ghost of Tsushima was a new IP only a few years ago, and I, and that's a fantastic game. Um, Days Gone had the potential to be a really good game. It was a it was a new IP. I mean, I'd rather they then said, okay, so that wasn't what we hoped across the board of all these pillars, but we can definitely make some new IP. And I don't think Days Days Gone Two is necessarily the thing to do. I think maybe. But I don't think a remake of The Last of Us, a spin-off <laughs> Uncharted game, um, and a friggin' like, uh, you know, everything is just remade and redone. And Although I will say I'm really looking forward to the multiplayer for Last of Us Part 2 because the multiplayer for Last of Us Part 1 was wicked. So there we go. Fascinating either way. Underappreciated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think it's very interesting. And it, it's, it's quite, quite clearly a story that is going to keep on evolving. Um, yeah. so keep an eye on it yeah we'll totally. see what happens in the, in the next um, well I guess like a year to 18 months right we'll, yeah. we'll see if that is Sony's thing now is if PlayStation are like do you know what we're only supporting yeah. remakes and totally. redos of really recent oh, games like, and that's all we're doing like because in the next year to 18 months like you said like we'll get the uh, the fate of things like the whole Kojima situation which seems like it's going a certain way but also You've got things like not, not for as much as this article uh, revolves around Naughty Dog and what's happening with the teams that are under them. We don't know for sure what the big bad team, the Neil Druckmann team at Naughty Dog, is doing right now. <laughs> like, it's probably not the Last of Us Three by most accounts. Um, and apparently, they also seem interested in giving Uncharted-relating work to the teams that come underneath them. So, yeah, new IP from Naughty Dog that could be like. That could be Yeah, cool. maybe we're being really unfair and actually the big, th- you know, from Naughty Dog is going to be a brand new IP. Yeah. It's going to be wicked. There are rumours that, awesome. strong rumours that Gorilla or a Gorilla are now a two-team studio making Horizon and something else. So yeah. maybe that's the way they go. Santa Monica, the same. Rumours so far, even to the extreme yeah. that some people don't think Corey Barlog is directing God of War 2. They think he's already working on something else. 
That would but, be mental, though, if he isn't. Uh, but yeah, anything's possible. But, guys, um, I, you know, talking about remakes, I need to hear some more about some yeah. juicy remakes. That's <laughs> all I want to hear about. Old games refleshed and, and, and resold. Um, and this, uh, of course, what I'm talking about is Mass Effect, the, the legendary edition. Jeez, can't even say <laughs> that. Um, goes gold and gets a brand new comparison trailer so it can uh, show us in side by side uh, in all its glory in 4k glory what the new version of Mass Effect is going to look like when it drops um, and I love that I asked Jamie to sort of fill out a few more bullet points and he's literally <laughs> written in trailer shows old shit version next to new shiny one going um, get straight to the point these days Jamesy which yeah. is, is exactly what it does um, it's interesting though because we were talking before the pod about how mm. um this isn't a remake, this is a, a remaster, but it's kind of a weird halfway house, right? It's not a straight remaster. Because if you, and, and a good way I like um for me thinking about it was uh, Mafia One was a complete yeah. remake and was awesome. Mafia Two was a remaster and was pretty shit. This is kind of in between, because they've done a lot more than just remaster the assets. Yeah. Um well, it's because they're gonna bring it, everything up to date with Mass Effect 3, right? If you're talking right. about the difference between Mass Effect 1 and Mass Effect 2, you need to kind of like bring them together. Yeah, you want everything to look good. That's mm. what they want to do, right? This trilogy's got to look really good. It's a good baseline um, to have, I think, in yeah, video game development in general. But <laughs> I think, I think yeah. that's actually where the visual arts service group went wrong. It's like they forgot, it they forgot to make it look good when they were making all those games. <laughs> but I think the difference, the difference is that you, can, you don't have to make it look as good if you're not trying to get to the standard of something like Mass Effect 3, which was a gorgeous, gorgeous game. I'm... I'm I can't wait to see what they're actually going to do with all of these games in general, though, because sci-fi looks wicked anyway. You can yeah. always make sci-fi look better because you can just play around with it more, add some sci-fi, <laughs> add some more sci. Add some sci-fi. sci-fi. Yeah. Um, but the trailer does look really cool. Some of what they've done um, looks, yeah, much, much better than a remaster. And you go down to like volumetrics and lighting and shadows and contrast. But what's interesting about this, as we were talking before, is that some of it doesn't look that great. Some of it kind of looks... yeah a little bit wonky um which yeah uh, is interesting should they have gone with a straight remake do you think i i don't i don't think it's a question of should they have i think it's more of a question of could they have like we we've had yeah. this i feel like we have this exact same discussion every time there's a remake or a remaster conversation happening which is that oh they should have done x y or z we literally just had an entire conversation about how difficult it is to budget and staff up and greenlight big projects the difference yeah. between a remake and a remaster on the uh, on your sort of like on your accounts at the end of the year is probably monumental, and I think that yeah. was probably more of a determining yeah. factor than what they wanted to do, especially with like RPGs in general, like um, and RPGs of like Mass Effect scale. You're obviously gonna um, it's gonna be a hell of a lot bigger than it is gonna be sort of a well, small well, lit more. Also, I think to, I think it depends on what you can add to it, right? Like you look at the Final Fantasy VII remake. There's there's scope there for a remake. The initial one was like top-down, isometric, you know, old-school Japanese RPG with like a, a timed battles and everything, you know, turn-based battles. There, there was scope, and it was long enough of a time to kind of say, you know what, this we could remake this, and it would be a substantial difference. Yeah. Like taking a game like Mass Effect 1, like it's still, it's still pretty... It, it it's the blueprint is there right like not much needs to be addressed to yeah. it except for like visuals performance upgrades etc 
Yeah, and, yeah. and what they've done because it's I think the difference with RPGs as well is because it's story focused, like you said. There's not yeah. masses to do, and this is a 3D game. It's a third person perspective, and so you can't sort of have the, the epic then, impact. You also have like weird outliers, like they, they just fucking remade Demon Souls. Yeah, right. Which is like that's a game that again, like it's not story heavy. It's very gameplay yeah. heavy, but then it's so gameplay heavy that they couldn't even change gameplay components because hardcore fans would have been angry. Oh, it's it's it's, so, like, yeah, it's, it's like just Diablo a it's 2, just a visual thing. Yeah, it's like Diablo Two re, uh, Resurrected. Bro, yeah. Blizzard have put Blizzard have gone to great pains to putting out these blog posts and making sure that people see the blog posts saying, yeah. "Hey." It's underneath. It's not yeah, remade. Like they were, they were, they were so, they were so scared. Diablo two. They were so scared about pissing off Diablo two fans that they remade it by <laughs> building it on top of the old Diablo two. Yeah. It's like they were all yeah. in costume. Yeah. They were like, "It's the same code." It's like, okay. But I feel like with RPGs, at least, because most, and especially like a Mass Effect game, there isn't much by the way of. Um, oh, the gameplay wasn't exactly the same. Like some of that, you know, there's a little bit of that, but not really. It's more about the, the cutscenes and the in, and interacting yeah, with yeah. characters and, and it's, how the it's game feels of life and stuff. looks. Yeah, it's quality of life. I, I, I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't want this Mass Effect one to feel the same as the original <laughs> Mass Effect one. <laughs> Definitely not. The one thing that always gets me with remasters, or um, if they if they manage to do a really good job on the remaster though, is if they don't improve the audio in like an RPG. So you end uh, up right. with, you know, it looks much better, but you get yes, that's right, Seth, you're gonna do this. <laughs> and you're like, dude, you could have re-recorded the audio because this sounds trash. Like, yeah, come on. Yeah. Or maybe they just let all the audio come out of one channel so you only get sound in one ear like the Mafia 2 remaster <laughs> when that came out. Jesus Christ. Is that what they did? That's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, bro. That's why, go back to those podcasts. I'd start playing Mafia 2 remaster, then stop after like 10 minutes and then don't come back to it for like three weeks because I wasn't waiting for to patch the audio. That's ridiculous. I, I, yeah. I was going to say, there's a yeah. thing we were talking about before we uh, started recording, which is that I kind of worry sometimes that uh, remasters or uh, treating a game like this like they have with Mass Effect here is almost like shooting yourself in the foot in some respects because it sits in between what people expect from a remaster and what people expect from a remake because there have been so many low effort remasters that people now accept a resolution bump for example as a remaster and this is much more than that but not enough to call it a remake so, but I feel like it comes so close in some respects, especially as there are gameplay changes happening to Mass Effect 1, like they're outright improving stuff and like changing geometry of certain locations and so on and so forth. They are going slightly deeper, but people are instead starting to look at it as like a, rem- a remake that's not quite good enough yeah. rather than a remaster that goes yeah, above but and Jamie beyond. you got it wrong because they, they don't say remake or remaster. It's legendary edition. It's just legendary. Legendary. It, it, this is the next thing. So now all these other games are going to come out with legendary editions where it kind of straddles the line. Yeah, I mean, if the yeah. I, I, thing is, I'm down for line straddling. If that's what people want to do, like call it a remaster <laughs> and yet maybe go above and beyond in a few areas, depending on what you think of the visuals, as we, as we said, then yeah. Yeah. I'm down so, for that treatment. Yeah, uh, some of the criticism of this one's been a bit weird because people have said that it's less cinematic and they actually prefer how Mass Effect One looked, which is bizarre to me. I can I can get it. I mean, we were we were all watching the trailer just before we um we'd seen it before, but we were all watching it together, kind of making notes and comments before the podcast. And the new stuff just looks washed out to me. Like, yes, they've they've got better volumetrics and you know better textures and some in some cases the textures are like it, it honestly it looks like it could go from ps1 to ps5 <laughs> in terms of the textures <laughs> um but sometimes you add too much and you do lose something like the contrast in the new stuff 
I, I quite like the dark and dingy thing. But then we, we were saying that it was probably looked all dark and dingy because they didn't want you to see the shitty textures. <laughs> yeah. There is something to be said for, uh, yeah, not, not just showing everything as is and trying to use some of your yeah. own... Um, uh, styling as it were I mean look at Zack Snyder he's made uh, <laughs> Justice League look much more gritty and slow-mo and, and he's tweaked a lot of that um, the grade and, and things on that and, it, and it's yeah. to great effect so there you go but it's almost like they they had all these tick boxes right this is what it seems like to me they've got all these tick boxes they, they bring in the stuff in this like engine whatever it is and they're like cool do you want this and you, you tick the box so yes and it does it right and it almost feels that like what you shouldn't do is tick all of the boxes. Right, right. And it seems like they have ticked all the boxes, which, <laughs> does, which is fine. Like, that's all fine. And it's almost, a, it's almost a flex in a way. But it's sometimes like, well, tick box on line number five and tick box on line number eight, they're kind of counteracting each other and it's making stuff look a little bit weird. To me, the, the, all the new stuff looks really good. The volumetrics, the, uh, the alpha effects, et cetera, looks really good but it does look washed out to me. Like it looks flat. Whereas the older stuff, <laughs> because they're probably trying to hide the sins, it had a lot more kind of depth to it. And, and the contrast ratio is just appealed to me a little bit more, I think. But I mean, that's, you know, we, we mentioned see, before about nitpicking in, in, as opposed to review. <laughs> and that, that is the purest form of nitpicking, I would imagine. Yeah, it's a trailer, I, you're I, fine. I prefer the contrast. <laughs> nah, that's, all, I, you get away with that on a trailer. <laughs> Well, um, we're going to have to talk about a few more um, remakes and Ooh. things um, as we move on to uh, the latest Nintendo Indie World stream, but not all remakes because there were some new um, games shown off there as well. I didn't actually watch oh, yeah. the stream, but I know you guys did because I was getting constant updates in the um, our, uh, <laughs> I, I did, WhatsApp I didn't watch group. the stream. I, I saw uh, hand-selected some trailers after the fact. Okay, but the one that, of course, jumped out to me first, and is because Chris, are you st- did you stream it on your own? I think you did stream it on your own. Oh, it, it was o- a let's play. It was a series, yeah, like a, oh, yeah, it was it was a series, edited it? series. On, one on of the few times that we it did. It wasn't a stream. Uh, oh, of course, it was before that. It was an edited series. That was before, way before we did streaming, and it was when we started to think to ourselves, how can we best utilize some of our time? And that's why on that playthrough, it was just me. It wasn't you guys included, because I recorded it at home, on my own time. Right, that was it, yes. And yeah. then just try to, try to kind of, yeah, I don't know, yeah. For um, the 98% of people that don't know, Oxenfree was a, uh, a lovely little um, sort of side-scrolly 2D game about some alien goings-on, wasn't there, and some sort of weird yeah, so you had this, you had this like radio device that kind of tuned into an otherworldly frequency. The game wasn't necessarily scary, but it did kind of like, Spooky. basically get under your skin with the use of uh, that radio like static and then hearing shit in the static like that's always gonna oh kinda... bro that, that reminds <laughs> me of um in uh, the tv series chernobyl whenever you yeah, hear yeah. the uh, is it the geiger meter that oh, registers yeah, counter. Yeah, counter. Counter. you hear that clicking that turned that sound effect into one of the scariest things known to man yeah, yeah God, right and and you kind of take that kind of uh, effect and you use it to some kind of a paranormal degree, and it's, it's quite effective. Um, but yeah, the, the the game was great. It wasn't long. I really enjoyed it. It was a great story. You know, there's no challenge to it. I don't think there's any fail states in that game. It's just you go on and you. It's it's a, a it's it's a glorified uh, 
glorified cutscene, I guess. It's what what Jonesy would recommend would say. Um, Telltale games are <laughs> no, no, oh, no, I wouldn't. Not with Oxenfree because it's it's that kind of indie indie games. I give a pass to because they often have one uh, like main hook. And yeah. often the game, like you said, it doesn't have many fail states. The whole point is to play then play and enjoy the game. And if they have one hook and one sort of thing to keep you playing, yeah. I'm fine with that because they can keep you playing. You can enjoy the hook and you can enjoy well, it. Well, Alex Jones, then may I stuff. interest you in Oxenfree and <laughs> Oxenfree 2 Lost Signals coming so, yes, to Switch the, and Steam. It was it, the tra- They showed a trailer, didn't they? They had a trailer for yeah, Oxenfree Yeah, a, a, a brief trailer and a bit of an announcement. Uh, I, I'm really excited about this. Like, Jamie was right. He messaged me straight away. He's like, Chris... Oxenfree 2 was the one more thing on the uh, Nintendo Indie World stream. And I, I thought he was trolling me, but it's true. No. Um, let me tell you, like, this indie game fucking nailed it in terms of the the atmosphere of that kind of a game. It, it, it really is like a small gem if you are interested in that kind of thing. So I'm really excited for, for the sequel. I will definitely, day one or pre-order, I'll pick it up because this would be good. But you want to hear... You want to hear the one of the criticisms of the original game that I had, and you want to talk about nitpicking. <laughs> Go on. You've got this beautiful art style. You've got this, this game that's like effective in a lot of ways. Obviously, its audio is like a high level because that's part of the mechanic is this kind of static audio of this radio and hearing the paranormal things in between it. But the mouse cursor that it used in order for you to click to go everywhere was just the standard Windows mouse cursor. Obviously, I wasn't oh. playing the console. And I was just like, that ruined it for me. It's like, why didn't you just make a fucking bespoke mouse cursor, you yeah. dog? Not good enough. Not good it enough. wasn't good yeah. enough, quite frankly. And if they don't fix it in Oxenfree 2, I will not be interested in Oxenfree 3. So wow. here we go. This is your last chance. Your second your last and chance. last chance. <laughs> but yeah, uh, no, I'm, was... I'm, I'm proper amped but- for it. That's coming out this year as well, isn't it? I don't know if yes, they gave like, yeah. an actual... They, um, I don't think they gave a date. They just said this year. Uh, but there was also Oli Oli World, which is the next one in the Oli Oli series, of which I have no idea what that is. Uh, that's coming to Switch PC, <laughs> skating, Xbox, bro. And PlayStation. I, so, I, I guess I'm, skating. I'm really I, looking I, forward to this game, I will say. I, would, yeah, I was thinking cool. Jamie might be into it as soon as I was like, ah, oh, right, okay. So it's got something to do with skating, which means Jamie's going to be all over it. I, oh, like, yeah. I really liked the Oli Oli game, so this seems like a They're fun game. Mode. Curious little extension of, of, of that. So what yeah. are we talking? Switchy feeling, uh, what's his name? Tony Hawk style game or uh, yeah. something a no, little bit? Well, it, it, it's, 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 well, it's side-scrolling. Yeah, it's 2D and, cartoony yeah, it's, kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, it's 2D, okay. right. Uh, it looks like they're kind of like trying to sort of uh, open up the areas that you can uh, that you can skate around in and with a bigger focus on exploration. They also yeah. showed you like meeting NPCs. So... Um, I'm curious to see how that format works because I don't remember Oli Oli 2, for example. I don't remember. I seem to remember that focus being more on like the trick system and combos and so on and so forth yeah. and nailing runs and lines. So curious to see how they explore yeah. that sort of world of gaming. Nice. Um, and then there was a uh, something which I loved as a kid because I used to play it in the arcades, which is House of the Dead. Yes, bro. <laughs> I can't think. Uh, so that to me is. One of the sort of ones I can't imagine playing on a Switch. I'm like, how the heck is that going to work with those little those little Joy-Cons? Is it going to be like a, you can take the Joy-Con off and use the a pointy function to shoot? Yeah. Is that what they're going to do? So so when they announced this, it was a, so first of all, it's a House of Dead remake. Okay, so it's a remake. But yeah, they, they showed that, it. Come on, that I want that remake. Like yeah, if they totally, said there's no, a, no, totally, a House totally. of the Dead 2 I would have, or whatever number they would have got when, to, I would have been like, meh. As a remake, I'm, yeah, that sounds when, cool. When I watched the trailer, I was I was a bit like bummed out. I was like, oh man. 
oh, you're going to miss the light guns and you're going to miss all of this. And what are you going to use the fucking, the, the joy cons to, you know, the, the analog sticks to move around the cursor to shoot the things. And then it, it fucking, I realized that the joy cons are the fucking light guns. Yeah. That obviously that will be cool. Also, be the so fact that you can, plus you they're can really tiny, past... so you could be like, oh, yeah. well, that will suck. But yeah, no, <laughs> being able to being able to get past um, uh, like fifteen minutes into that game will be nice before you go. I've got <laughs> yeah. no money left. Yeah, you run out of coins. Those is Man. it the bat? I always used to get killed by like the, is it bats? There used to be like a swarm of bats that would come out and fly and take you out. Oh, geez, I don't to, remember, dude. Oh, it was horrendous. Yeah, but for me, it was like those, those light gun games in the arcade. You know, like uh, fucking time, time crisis. crisis. Oh yes, time yeah, crisis and house of the dead. I had, I had a friend who had one of these on the on the OG Xbox with a light gun. I'm trying to figure out. I'm guessing by the dates there would have been three. I think I spent a lot of time with that. Right. Yeah. But um, I there's yeah. a weird. I never got into them. At home, I yeah. couldn't. I, no, I, it's it's an the feel thing, was dude. wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It had yeah. to be in the arcade. It was the noise. You just sort of um, gone bowling and done whatever, and got a I don't know, been a kid, and then you're like, yeah, I'm gonna play some arcade. <laughs> you're <laughs> right. I remember I had a Virtua Cop on the Mega Drive, and nice, yeah, yeah. it wasn't the same. It wasn't the same. Yeah, Time Crisis was yeah, like. <laughs> But then uh, another game which we've talked about relatively recently was uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Sh- Shredder's Revenge, yeah. uh, which is going to be on the Switch. Um, something that I think, what well, I'm definitely hyped for, um, because I just need more Turtles games in my life. 100%. So I'm glad. That's Let's stream it, bros. Switch. We'll get Steph yeah. involved and there's four Turtles right there. And we'll have to go back and, work and remember what everyone said or which turtle everyone said we needed to be. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you guys, couldn't, you guys couldn't even agree, let alone remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah, first, first come, first serve. Then I will be Donatello. No, Michelangelo. I don't know. No, Steph's Donatello. Chris was Leonardo. Jamie, you were Raph, and I was Michelangelo. I believe that's what the audience came. Don't down. Don't agree with it, yeah. but whatever. Yeah, no, it is what it is. Raph, right, um, come on, Josie, let's wrap this up. Yeah, let's wrap it up. We got it So Fez is also coming to the Switch, which. Uh, I think it's a great addition. That's that's a great sort of game to get on the Switch. Oh, it's, good fit it's, for the Switch. But is Fez now becoming fit. like Doom and all platforms needs to have Fez? Hang on a second. You're going to be Fez on your, on your calculator soon. <laughs> you probably you probably could, is it? You know. <laughs> should, but should, but that, is a, that is a very cool game. So uh, it's, yeah, a game, cool. it's a game that I've played but never finished or like saw all the way through. And, uh, but my understanding is that there are elements to Fez that are kind of like sort of like deep and very intriguing and go beyond right, yeah. what you expect. And I actually saw someone tweet uh, yesterday upon this news. He said, you know what would be a really fun experiment oh, yeah, is if you've got one, yeah. 20 people who are all playing Fez for the first time and put them all in a Discord channel together and got them all to agree not to look into any other outside sources about the game, like explanations or uh, tutorials or wikis or anything like that, and just saw what they found out about the game just through pure discussion and i was like you know that would be a very okay. cool experiment i don't know that'd be that'd be like a cool series to watch yeah that would be cool like that'd yeah because someone referred to it as the as the like a, a version of the stanford prison experiment so it's like the fez <laughs> the fez prison experiment <laughs> um well i think should we wrap it up there well well you hold on you know what jones you know what wasn't on this fucking indie world stream sorry mate go on what was not on the stream silk song no silk songs. Vapor, vaporware, mate. Song. Vaporware doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. It's in your mind. Yeah. And that's a bombshell to end it on. Bombshell indeed. So, sorry, but, but, sorry, but by the way, 
Yes. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles wiki. <laughs> Raphael is apparently the group's strong silent type. Yeah, we said before he's like he can be the moody one. But how? But doesn't silent mean he's quiet? No, strong no, silent, like broody. Yeah, bro- stand in a corner because he's mad about something. How am I? How am I broody? See, well, this is what I was you saying. Can... You're Michelangelo. I'm Raphael. Although Michelangelo Jones is considered Leonardo. the funniest of the team, Raphael is the most sarcastic. Huh, okay, that, that's an interesting uh, a little wrinkle there. That's There's some nuance to this. <laughs> a wrinkle. He does have a soft side, although it's rarely, if ever, displayed. Can relate. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> and with that okay. bombshell... All right, go on. We need a, we need a code word and then fucking done. Oh. Oh, I can't be this guy. He has a pet turtle, and he shows him affection. <laughs> yeah, because um, you'd kick that turtle into oblivion. Let's let's have impulsiveness get in the way of rational thinking. Would never do that. Really? What about if the code? If we have a code phrase, and it's just Jamie kicked a turtle. Jamie kicked a turtle. Shat on a turtle. I wouldn't kick a turtle. I'd make turtle soup. Shout out to the Chinese. Oh, there wow. you go, turtle soup. We've got to have one. So if you made it to this point that, of the that's podcast, a thing, that's a thing, thank right? You, thank you very much for getting to the end of the podcast. You have oh, got a constitution you're pulling the face, to write Chris. home about. Um, turtle turtle soup is the is the code word. Uh, if you would like to sponsor us or, or be a Patreon of ours, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash super show. Is it the super show or just super show? Or Jesse, super who's going to sponsor us? I've got no idea. I'm going to have to check. Uh, it is Mate. Super Show Pod. There you go. That's what it is. Um, we're on Twitter and YouTube if you're watching this on a podcast platform or also on podcasting platforms if you're watching this on YouTube if you would like to get this in an audio form and not just on video. We are also on paisleyradio.com uh, every week on Thursdays if you missed it. So it's the following Thursday is the pre- is the previous Friday's podcast, but then it gets replayed again on Monday. So you've got plenty of opportunities to tune in and watch us. Thank you so much for um, coming along. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Jamie. And we will see you all next time. See ya. Bye.